welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dodo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 161. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, also YouTube, as well as many other streaming platforms. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow my co-host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co-host, I am once again, as always, joined with the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? What's good? Um, just disclaimer, we are not recording. Thing, as we normally do in the Dojo Talk Podcast Studios at the Christiana Mall, um, yeah. you, you know, as we do every week, we, we both make the uh, the trek uh, in to Delaware to to record this show for you guys. That's why we're always tired. Um, I'm actually reporting from my grandmother's house this week, and she has a dog who has a chain um, collar. So if you hear that or him crying in the background, it's because I locked him out of the kitchen so that. You guys wouldn't hear his chain as he walked past. <laughs> shout out to him. <laughs> shout, shout out to Christiana Mall for being so understanding. There you go. There you go. I regret the food court choice I made, made at the time I went there. Like, I was standing in one line, and I, I looked across and saw, like, this tie. It was like a tie spot. But I just stayed in my line because I was getting closer to the front. And then as I ate my food, I was like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> 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 I, made, I made the wrong decision. Not that my food was bad, but it wasn't. I've only ever been there once. Yeah, I've only, I was like, yeah. I I was like thirteen, and we went there because I was like, I want to get Pokemon now. <laughs> and my dad was like, All right, fine. Yeah, yeah, it was cool though. It was cool. Though. Next time I go, I I know what to do. I made made a mistake. But I got my whole situation. I just paid my second ticket. God, that hurt. But I put that story on the last podcast. If you guys don't know, I got uh, two toll tickets the last time I went to Delaware. So refer to the last podcast if you want to know uh, why yeah, for, I toll tickets. For a state that's incredibly lenient on, like, banking regulation and credit card laws, like, they are hard asses when it comes right. to their highways. <laughs> it's super yeah, Like, if you're going to drive through our state, you're going to pay us. <laughs> it's super trash. But whatever. It is I'm just saying, is. Jersey does not... You don't have to pay to get into Jersey. <laughs> and we are the highway state. Oh, boy. No one comes to Jersey to go to Jersey. Uh, it is what it is. I learned, I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. But uh, shout out to the listeners before we uh, get this all started. Thank you guys, wherever you are in the world. Uh, Twitter folk, Tumblr folk, make sure you continue to share episodes. Uh, share them with postal workers, families, friends. It's the holiday, so play it at the uh, play it like while you unwrap your gifts. Um, you know when that time comes, just play it everywhere. Play it everywhere you can. 
But top cities for the week. Number one. Oh, look at this. Oh, hold up. This icon is blocking me. I can't tell. Oh, number one. Silver Spring, Maryland. Shout out to you guys. Far drive. Um, I don't like driving out there. Y'all traffic is terrible. But it's a nice town, though. Silver Spring, Maryland, number one. Number two, Salinas, California. Number three, Bronx, New York. Number four, Garfield, New Jersey. Number five, uh, Lebanon, New Jersey. Uh, and tied at number five was actually Mountain View, California. So shout out to you guys. Appreciate you. Keep sharing. Keep listening. Uh, yeah. So as far as what we will be talking about today, uh, we'll get into, well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to be left. To talk about I, I, boxing. <laughs> I'm sorry. So apparently, uh, Tafnef, uh, which is a Russian kickboxing uh, like cup, that's happening in Russia right now, mm. is featuring a heavyweight fight between Jerome LeBanner and Datsik. Datsik, like... Yes. Like, the, oh my god. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> So, for those who don't know, uh, we're talking about Va- uh, Vyacheslav Datsik. Uh, he's a Russian former MMA fighter. Uh, most known in the ring slash cage for knocking out Andrei Arlovsky, I, I think it was. Um, and I think it was like Arlovsky's first fight or something. It, it was really early in his career um, before he got to UFC. Um, but he's most famous outside the cage being an actual neo-nazi and like he was in jail for what was it he like ran inside a brothel and tried to like like raid it and kidnap the women inside if i remember correctly and he did this more than once before he got caught this was after he was arrested for something totally different um like Hold up, hold up. Uh, rumors. He died in a train wreck. These rumors were put to rest in March 2007 when he was alive and well after being detained for his part in an armed robbery of various mobile phone shops in St. Petersburg. So, that's Datsik. Vyashlev Datsik. Yeah. Oh, so he got released back in... Oh, this article was in February. Well, yeah, he was so in prison, he, I guess, earlier this year, but he got out. Yeah. yeah. He had to make his fight day. They, yeah. they had to respect that, you yeah. know. Right back to work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MMA, man. Or, or kickboxing, this matter, though. Hey, combat sports in general. Yeah. The land of second, third, and fourth chances when you probably don't <laughs> deserve them at all. But uh, as far as the rundown for the day, uh, I guess I'll be talking about the Crawford fight for a little bit. Terrence Crawford and uh, what's the other gentleman's name? Hell, I'm, no, I'm just gonna have to pull the fight up. I don't remember how to say his last name. It's a really long last name. Kavlia, <sighs> uh, Kavliaskis, something like that. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, of course, we'll run through some news, uh, fight announcements. Um, which actually are some pretty big fight announcements. And then we will definitely get to uh, UFC 245. Which, boy, oh boy, <laughs> what, what a night! What a night. What a night. Um, but before we get to all that, start off with uh, some random uh, spills or non-MMA related anything if we happen to have them. 
so the Antaku, do you have anything on your mind this week? I saw it's a was it, it's a beautiful neighborhood. Is that what it's called? Yeah. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yep. And it made me want to cry. Uh, like Mr. Rogers was one of my top five favorite people. So, you know, and Tom Hanks is motherfucking fantastic as him. So. Yeah, I'll say when I saw that trailer. Tom Hanks had me really, like, when I heard about that movie, I was like, oh, that sounds cool, but I wasn't really, like, thinking, like, I'll go watch that, but Tom Hanks in that trailer had me convinced. Like, the thing that threw me off a little bit, because, like, a little bit of spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the trailer or is planning to see the movie, you know, without any lead-in, um, like, I, I don't know what I was expecting, because, I, like, I, I don't even think I saw the trailer. I think I just saw, oh, they're making a... Uh, Mr. Rogers, like, actual movie as opposed to, like, the documentary, which I also saw in theaters. Um, and I was like, oh, is it going to be about, like, his life? Is it going to be, like, um, you know, like, how he went before, you know, Congress and, you know, was able to convince them to pour money into public broadcasting so that, you know, children uh, can have access to, you know, quality television? And she's like, no, it's a movie about a dude who has a bad relationship with his father, and Mr. Rogers helps him get over that. Yeah, that's the movie. Hey, look at Mr. Rogers out here saving the world. I'm, I'm not. It's it's based off a real story, but like, I'm not sure how real that story is. Like, for, like the the dude is like a writer for like. I think in real life it's Time Magazine, but in the movie it's Esquire. Um, but it's based off like a real article somebody wrote back in like the late 90s. Um, yeah, so I don't know how much of it is real, um, how much of it is just fabricated to be like your typical movie stuff, but like Tom Hanks in the movie is fantastic. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what people came to see, so. Yeah. Tom Hanks did his job. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody will enjoy the movie. Also, the dad in the movie is the most Jersey man I've seen, <laughs> like, in my life. Is that a good thing? <laughs> I mean, it's a thing. Y- your mileage may vary on how good it is. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's good, though. Tom, Tom Hanks got some hits, man. Yeah, he really does. Tom, Tom Hanks got some hits out here. Hey, dude's out here. Like he's been Mister Rogers, and he's been Walt Disney. Like, next has to be Jesus. Has he been Jesus? Nah, I think somebody beat him to the punch. I don't know if you saw that Netflix. Uh, you see the proof of that Netflix show called like Messiah. No. See that? No, I did see. I saw the trailer for I am. Uh, was it? I am Jesus Christ the video game. I just heard about that yesterday, <laughs> but I I didn't get a chance to watch the um the video of the game. But from the way they were describing it, so you just walk around and you just heal people. Is that uh, uh, like so the the game company whatever that made the, the the publisher slash developer who made the game? They make like twenty games a year. And from what I can tell, they're all kind of the samey. That was gonna say, if there's twenty games a year, they either can't be that good or they're like carbon yeah, copies then, of each other. But they they have one called like I like I am the priest or something like that, and it's 
fucking wild. I, I can't even begin to describe like what it is I saw in that trailer. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So, so I am the Messiah. Wait, is that the one where like all the Arabic people on Twitter figured out the plot? Yes, <laughs> because they. I guess they used his name. His name like meant something in Arabic. So they were kind of able to like kind of figure out like, oh, this is, I don't think they officially cracked it, but they pretty much were like, well, if the show goes in this direction, don't be surprised because this is pretty much what his name means. Well, yeah, because like they named him something like the Antichrist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is like, like you can do that like 40 years ago. Yeah. Now you can't. Yeah. You can't do that now. You can't do that. Like, it's like if you name somebody Judas, like, come on. Right. You know what's up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that show's coming up. I think it's like January 1st. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, there you go. Watch uh, Messiah. <laughs> go watch Mr. Rogers. I don't know. Go watch all the old Mr. Rogers tapes. Right. Just make yourself feel better. Shout out to Tom Hanks. Still holding it down after all this time. Practice some radical kindness. In your life, yeah, I like that ra- there, radical kindness. There, there will be none of that today. I am. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We we gonna get to it. We gonna get we, to it. Yeah, mm, yeah. it was some radicalness, mm-hmm. but it was not kind. Even but it was it was some good Schadenfreude. Yeah, balance was restored in the universe. Um, for me, what's on my mind? Just just some quick notes. Uh, music again. It's been really uh heavy into you know spotify just sends me stuff and i just listen to it and they've been on the ball lately um uh one album i'll give two albums real quick to talk about um the first album that i will briefly talk about uh comes from uh, ad two he's a rapper out of chicago um he had an album called jim crow the musical um i've been an ad two fan since it's been a while since save our souls mixtape which i can't remember when that came up. That had to have been like earlier this decade, I want to say. Um, Attitude doesn't release music that often, but normally when he does, it's pretty much worth the wait. Uh, his last project, I think, came out around like 2015 or something like that. So it's been a while since we heard from him. But this album, uh, Jim Crow the Musical, is really, really, really good. Um, judging by the title, you, you could kind of, kind of guess like what the album is about and the kind of content that's in it. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a lot to to unpack, but I really like the way like he did it, and he added like these really interesting skits. It, it's a really really good album. Like, dude can like rap rap. Like he's one of those like he he he's got bars for days, but a lot of good content. Um, it can be it can be heavy at times to listen to, but I just think he pulled this album off really well. Um, so Jim Crow the musical. Give that a listen. Um, definitely one of the best projects this year. That even though it just came out, probably like a, not even a month ago. Um, but that that was good. And uh, K. Tronada's album. Um, what was that album called? Bubba. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Bubba. I've actually never. This is my first time actually listening to a full K. Tronada album. And boy, oh boy, was this like really good from start to finish. Like, I just, you could just kind of just put this on and just kind of let it do its thing. Like, the album, to me, is, like, one 
big like groove like you just let the first song play and it just sequences perfectly to the next song and it's like jam after jam after jam of like some really dope <laughs> like feel good music um so yeah Kate Katronata's Bubba um and Katronata's a producer for those who don't know but um yes yeah this this album was fire man so this, I, I might have to go back and listen to some of his uh his older stuff because this this was really really good man uh, and like a lot of the some of these features I had never even like heard of um and even and the ones I did heard of did a good job like Mick Jenkins Mick Jenkins was on here Sarah was on here uh Estelle was on here Callie Usage uh Tija Moses Tanache Pharrell and there were some other people who I wasn't really too familiar with but, they have a pa- did they have an Anderson Pack song on there because uh, good because uh, the only other K-Trinata saw, uh, song I heard was uh, Glowed Up. It was fucking fantastic. Was Anderson Pack on there? I can't remember. He might not have been, actually. Eh. He would have fit perfect on this album. I could be wrong. I've only listened to this a few times. And on Spotify, they don't always list all the features. So I, I could yeah. be wrong. But um, uh, I'll give it a listen. Yeah, no. Nah, it's, it's a really, really good album, man. If you want some really good... It was a great driving music. I listened to this going to work, and then I had to make a drive yesterday, and it, it just lifted the mood, man. Re- really good album. Uh, so that's what's been on my mind. Just quick music. Uh, Katrinata, Bubba, and uh, add to Jim Crow the musical. Uh, so, now that we uh got that one out the way, uh, I guess we can move on to... Uh, fight announcements and news for the week. Um, not really too heavy on the news. Uh, not a ton of fight announcements, but I feel like the fight announcements that were uh, brought forward were actually like some heavy hitters, some pretty important fights. So I'll ring, uh, run through these real quick, and then we'll go back and talk about any of them we feel the need to expand on. Um, first fight announcement, uh, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> uh, after uh, Rosenstruck. Uh, took out Overeem. Uh, he called out Nganu. He said he wanted to fight. So he got the fight. So at UFC Columbus, uh, we'll have Francis Nganu versus Jarzinho Rosenstruck. And also on that same card, we'll have Cody Garbrandt versus Rafael Asuncao. Um, at UFC Auckland, we will have Karolina Kovacavich against Yao Nan Yan. Um, over in one championship, uh, <laughs> one championship, Fire and Fury. That might be a new name. I don't know if they've done that before. Um, strawweight title matchup between Joshua Paceo and Alex Silva. Um, over at Bellator, uh, two former UFC fighters, one returning to Bellator, one making his Bellator debut, uh, Sergio Pettis. Uh, his first fight will be at Bellator 238. It will be against Alfred Kajkanyan and Curtis Melinda after being released from the UFC. Uh, he is back in Bellator and he will be facing off against Moses Moreta. And at Bellator Dublin, we will have Brent Primus versus Peter Queeley. Um, any of those fights you got some quick bullet point thoughts on? Um, happy that Chris Mullen is back in Bellator. I think he like, deserves like a stage. Like, he deserves to be on TV, even if he is like a flawed um, fighter. Um Uh, I think Rosenstruck Rosenstruck versus 
Ngannou is going to be akin to Derek Lewis versus <laughs> Ngannou. Probably, it, it almost certainly can't be as bad, but I, I don't foresee it being like the, you know, the, the, the actual, you know, uh, murder fight everybody thinks it's going to be. Like, I, I definitely somebody might probably might get knocked out, but I'm, I'm not like, oh, this is going to be such an amazing fight. Um, I'm gonna err on the uh, on the side of optimism and say uh, it won't necessarily be a firefight. I think it'll be one of those fights where not much will happen up until somebody gets knocked out. There might be a lot of staring and posturing, and then when somebody finally lands the big strike, we'll we'll get the KO that we want. But it, it won't look pretty up to that point. Probably. Yeah. That's a headline or two. Think we better not get five rounds. <laughs> like heavyweight should not be headliners. Like I'm sorry. Like how have we not learned this lesson? Hey man, we are we are we are glutton for punishment. MMA. This is this is what we do. No, heavyweight t- heavyweight fights title fights should be five rounders. If they are, they should be like three minute five rounders. <laughs> That's an interesting idea, actually. Just make it kickboxing. Yeah. There's got to be some scientific, like... Uh, there's there's got to be a way you could, like, convince a commission, like, scientifically. Like, hey, they're bigger, they can't, you know... Uh, I wouldn't guys, be against that, actually. Uh, like, they, they can't run. If they do, their knees will fall apart. They're all, like, 50. Right. <laughs> they're all dads with, like, two children. Um, Now I'm trying to think. Yeah, because some of the heavyweight kickboxing fights I've watched aren't too shabby. Give them three minutes. You make them make them work a little, but you would hope they would work a little faster. Poor Curtis Blades just freaking stops finishing people because he doesn't have the time <laughs> to work up the courage to throw those elbows on the ground. Oh man, no, that's yeah. an idea worth being explored. Spring, we'll bring that idea into twenty twenty. Well, we'll float that in the atmosphere. Like, see, I'm not even mad that Greg Hardy, notorious dipshit. Used an inhaler because, like, every heavyweight should be using an inhaler. <laughs> In that aspect, he's just ahead of the curb. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, somebody's got to blaze the trail. Um, I like I like Garbrand and Sunsell. Um, um, I'm just, I'm really, I'm just really interested to see what Cody looks like after all this time. Um, I think he'll be exactly the same. You think? <laughs> well, we'll get to Jan Faber later, but uh, like the, the, apparently there was an altercation in the back, or not oh, yeah. altercation. That, that's that, that's heavy words for what happened. There was an emotional standoff between Jan and Garbrandt in the back after the fight, um, and uh, it, it seems that Garbrandt does not learn. From history, he 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 does not need to be Uriah Faber's shield. <laughs> I, I don't like, know. I, like, like I'm sorry, guy. Like Faber is a grown man. Hey, got he got to ride for the homie. I mean, you know, I mean, there's multiple ways of riding for the homie. They don't all involve you know, hopping in the face of the man who beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I. I so like, my my only con- like uh, like so I think Asuncio is a better fight for him in that well Asuncio 
So is in the uh, is probably a technically better striker than Pedro Munoz. He's not going to cause the same amount of like fight or flight response from uh, from Garbrandt. Like there will be no part of this fight where like they just start throwing the fuck down in the center of the cage and Garbrandt gets clipped with like an overhand right. Like, and that's not to say that Sun Cell can't pop. We've seen him hurt. Like, there's a reason his style works despite, like, such low volume. It's because he hurts guys when he touches them. Um, it's just that, I, like, the type of slow, methodical, like, kickboxing approach that Sun Cell likes to take, I can absolutely see Garbrandt, you know, getting back to the ways that Cruz, uh, that he be Cruz, where he's just like, okay, I'm faster than you, and I can force you to engage on my terms. Yeah, I, I think this fight is going to tell us a lot about where Cody is and what his career might look like moving forward. Because this, I think it's a matchup that, I think it's like the perfect storm of a matchup. It's a matchup that, it's a respectable fight for one. It's, it's a really good name that you're fighting. It's somebody who will give you a test. But it's somebody that, if as long as you come in with a good game plan, I think you can beat. Um, And like you said, you'll... He'll have an opportunity to do what I think a lot of us thinks he should do in fights is be just a bit more methodical and not be so gung-ho to just go out there and just kind of just wing it. Uh, like so, his problem is he gets tagged and then like he just sees red. Right. But see, I, I think this fight will will be slower. So he'll have the chance to kind of sit back and... Be, be, be a little smarter and economical about what he does. Now we'll just have to see how it turns out when when and if he eats that first shot, how he responds, if he tries to go for broke again, or if he's able to kind of reel himself in. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't heard him of him doing any, like, camp switching or bringing anybody in to, like, you know, change that aspect about himself. So like, I can't be, like, I can't sit here and think, oh, his uncle's going to be the guy who fixes him who's his head striking coach if i remember correctly um like because cody's problems aren't technical they're mental like he is physically capable of doing the thing like he is physically capable of being tj dillashaw he's just not mentally capable of doing it yeah he's he he yeah <laughs> another guy kind of like overeem that like when he makes a mistake it is it is fatal like yeah, he, he just has these these lapses in judgment where it's like, God, you should not have done that. That was not a good, not a good idea. And yeah, they those mistakes always just end in these just nasty. <laughs> you ended up with the nasty side of the highlight reel. Yeah, but um, I like I like the fight though. I like the fight, and uh, like you, I'm glad Melinda's back in Bellator. I'm looking forward to seeing Sergio uh and uh Bellator. So I'll have my eye on both of those fights. I mean, that title's uh, now open. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but Kyoji Horiguchi vacated the Bellator Bantamweight title. Um, yeah, so open season. Yeah. Everybody, and, uh, and, Cald- and Caldwell's busy. Did he win his first fight? Yeah, he, yeah he's uh, he's in the tournament still. He's fighting uh, Yeah. the Borks. I think he has Borks. I can't remember. That's a... Uh, so he's, he's going to have his hands full. He's, he's going to have some things yeah, to deal so, with. That that title is literally just yeah. there for the taking, um, and 
considering that that division has like four people in it, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, Sergio, you want to fight for the title soon? Right. <laughs> if Sergio can get a knockout in that first fight, he might be fighting for a title, literally like a, a fight or two later. Yeah. Is Joe Warren still fighting? Or is he uh, retired? I think he's retired. I think he's retired. I mean, this Joe Tamanglo, who I'm not even sure is still in Bellator, if I remember correctly. Um, Eduardo Dantes, but last I checked, he was up at Featherweight. Like, it's James Gallagher and Sergio Pettis <laughs> and Ricky Bandejas, though I think right. Bandejas is up at 145 now. Um, All right, so Sergio and uh, Gallagher. This. Oh, and Patricky Mix, of course. I forgot about Mix. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it is. Um, well, they have a bunch of dudes in the division now. I remember they used to have eight, but it's just like, oh, this guy's 4 and 0. Oh. oh, this guy is like, you know, 8 and 4. So. Yeah, it is open season. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think that's all for fight announcements. I don't think uh, probably a few more out there, but those are like kind of the the major ones that uh, um, I saw be announced. So be on. At least the ones we were interested in. So yeah, there there were some others, but you know, we'll 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 get to those when we get to them. Oh wait, uh, I got one little bit of fight news. It's not a fight announcement. It's a fight retraction. I don't know. Uh, OSP versus Ryan Spann, which was set for UFC 247, has been canceled. Oh. Yeah. Um, Who had to pull up? Uh, uh, I was oddly looking forward to that fight. Yeah, it was a good fight for Spann. Um, Cancellation isn't known, however, the person who, who asked for an enemy because the promotion hasn't made their official announcement yet informed MMA Junkie that no replacement will be sought for St. Prue. So it looks like it was Span who pulled out. I like how they said he asked for anonymity, but then they said, what was that last sentence you just said? Um, the, oh, the ha, the person who asked to be uh, for an enemy because the promotion has made their initial announcement informed MMA Junkie that no replacement will be sought for St. Pru. So then that uh, kind of insinuates that it was Span. Well, on Tuesday, Span confirmed his removal on Instagram and indicated that his next fight was already in the works for a different event. That's odd. Um, uh, he want that Von Pru in his life. Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, Hopefully, no. uh, I don't want to see no Usada news coming out a week later. (laughs) It sounds like they, if he, it sounds like they had, like it sounds like OSP is fine, but they're just not going to look for a replacement for him. And it sounds like Span is, you know, getting geared up to fight. Not too long after 247. He must have gotten a better offer. That, or it was just like a short, like, you know, uh, I tweaked my shoulder and I can't train for three weeks type of deal. Um, They were just like, okay, we're just going to push it back a a month. We'll see. We'll see what's going on with that. That's kind of weird, but I just don't want to see a Ustada story. Don't tell me nobody failed a test or something, but I was oddly looking forward to that. But we'll see. They'll, they'll probably still end up fighting at some point. Um, all right, man. As far as news for the week, um, I don't really have much 
Alright, well, there are some. Uh, um, I, I'll get this one out of the way, because it's, it's a really kind of quick, uh, almost like a bullet point news story. Um, former uh, Bellator champ slash UFC combatant slash PFL combatant, uh, Will Brooks. He is back in the news again, and at this time, uh, he is actually going to at least attempt to take his talents to the WWE. Um, according to this article I'm reading, uh, he uh, went to a recent trial, uh, the final trials that the WWE had for 2019. Uh, it says the trial took place at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Uh, features numer featured numerous other athletes, TV personalities, celebrities, military heroes, and more. Uh, amateur fighters Kara Lazowskis and Laney Nations were the only other trial hopefuls who shared MMA backgrounds with Brooks. Um, and it just talks about other MMA fighters who've gone on to go to the WWE, so on and so forth. But just thought that was an interesting tidbit, considering, like, Will Brooks is another one of those guys who just had a really... <laughs> his MMA career was just really interesting, like... I remember my, my friend, shout out to my, my homie Davon, like way back in the day was showing me uh, Will Brooks fights when he was in Japan. Yep. Um, when he was kicking the shit out of, was it Kitaoka on the ground? Yeah, kicking people, slamming people. And like, he got me like really hyped, like, oh man, this Will Brooks guy is really good. And then like, we saw him in Bellator. And yeah, he had a good run in Bellator. Like, he became champ, but then he did, he went on to have a couple of like not so good fights. Um, he just—he was in a weird space. Like he, you saw the talent, but like sometimes it just wasn't all coming together. Um, but he was champion Bellator. Came to the UFC. Uh, UFC career was uh, <laughs> not great. Yeah, yeah, not not great to say the least. Um, to be honest, his PFL career—I honestly don't remember much at all. And he he never lost in PFL, but he went two uh, oh in one draw and. Uh, a fight in which you draw like a, a fight between Will Brooks and Rashid Magomedov sounds like the most boring thing in the world. So I'm assuming it just wasn't a good fight and it wasn't good enough for him to move on to the um, next round of the lightweight tournament, or or was it that welterweight tournament? I don't even remember. I don't know what he was. Yeah, it was lightweight. It was lightweight. <laughs> so yeah, he just he was a really talented dude, but his career just kind of him getting trucked by um. Both the Oliveras, Alex and Charles, um, that 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 was like a death knell for me because like, his whole thing was he was a big, strong grappler and he got manhandled. Like, and in all fairness, the the cowboy Olivera one, like Olivera yeah, came one, in like seven, eight pounds overweight. Was, yeah, that wasn't and, fair. <laughs> and he and he is a big ass welterweight now that he's actually fighting up in that division. So like that, you know, that's whatever. But like. The Bronx is like a finesse dude, or at least up to that point he was, and to see him get taken down and just dogged like that on the ground is just like, okay, Will, I, I don't think you are, um, like, I, I don't think you're long for the top of this division. Oh, and this isn't to make excuses for him, but, like, the one thing that always stands out to me about Will Brooks is I always remember watching him watching his come up in Bellator and how good he was, like, when he first started. And then I remember, I don't remember if it was after he became champ or it might have been after he had took some losses. I just, I remember some interview saying, him saying to the effect of, um, like, he, he fought so hard in the beginning because he was, like, 
he was angry, like, like at life, <laughs> like, he, he had like a, uh, I, I don't remember his backstory verbatim, but I remember him having like a, a rough kind of backstory, and yeah. he just kind of fought with like this chip on his shoulder, and then eventually like his life got better, you know, as he became successful, making money, able to take care of himself, and it just seemed like that kind of, whatever that anger that was he had, just kind of like, it just kind of dwindled down. And dude did grow up in Chicago, I think, so yeah. wouldn't be surprised he had a hard life. So it was like that, that anger just kind of dwindled down, so, and he, and I'm not saying that's why he, no, no excuses, but I, I just, that always sticks out to me, like, mo- motivation is a big thing in fighting. And I, I could imagine that if you, if whatever that chip is you had is, isn't there anymore, then it's like. I, uh, I just looked up uh, Will Brooks, you know, life or whatever, and the first thing that comes up is Will Brooks, Will Brooks discusses past suicide attempt. I tried to walk into traffic. Mm. So that that's where he was when. Yeah. Because, yeah, you watched the earlier Bellator fights, man. He was, he was, dude, dude was a, he's a beast. He was definitely a beast, but um, you know, I hope the WWE thing works out for him. I'm not mad at uh, MMA fighters uh going to wrestling. Hey man, whatever you gotta do to keep the lights on, as long as you're happy, and hopefully you can can stay healthy doing it. I I ain't mad at you. Yeah, yeah, like it's a lot of ways to make money. Um, well, not a lot of ways to make money in MMA. Um. Especially when your bridges are kind of burned. Uh, like if the WWE doesn't work out, I I hope he did. Like he, you know, tries to connect with someone over in Ryzen. Like I, I think his style of fighting is better when he can just kick dudes on the ground like he did kick Ty- uh, <laughs> Um If not, you know, best of luck to him with whatever he hopes to do. Like I hope the WWE trial goes well for him. Um, that's all I got for news, though. Um, any, uh, any new stories you want to bring to the table? Yes. Um, so, former heavyweight champion, um, and 1976 Olympic gold medalist, Leon Spinks, has been diagnosed with, um, prostate cancer. Um, which, you know, sucks ass. Um, last report says that he's showing small signs of improvement. Um, in, in his battle, but you know, it, it's prostate cancer. It, I, I don't know. You know, he, he was in intensive care the last time I saw. So you know, thoughts and prayers with him, his family. Hope he pulls through. Um, so you know, there's that. Um, and for those who don't know, Leon Spinks was the dude who came in on like his seventh or eighth fight and upset uh, Muhammad Ali for the title. Um, and you know, a lot of people around him said that ruined his life. Um, he, he just was not ready to be champion. And he was not ready to have, like, Ali's name on his resume. Um, and kind of reflects the rest of his career, because he went 26-17 and 17 for the rest of his career. Um, but he, he, kept, a... he kept fighting way past when he was supposed to, to be to be fair. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to uh, kind of piggyback off that. Um, that would be an interesting conversation I have about because that we've been I feel like I've been hearing that a lot more lately about 
um, because I, I think uh, Robert Whitaker mentioned it that like when he lost the title, he almost felt a sense of relief. Like that life of a champion is not all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes, like it's a there's it's a lot. A, it's a lot to have people constantly bring your name up. Right. It's it, just, well, even if it's positive, even if it's negative, like it, it's just a lot. And there's so, like we we don't always see what these guys have to go, guys and gals have to go through, like the media obligations, like people. Uh, and this sounds like a good problem to have, you know, people like reaching out to you, wanting to get like reaching out to you, like spilling their guts to you, trying to get you to do stuff for them for money. Like it's it's a lot. It is a lot um, to have on your plate. And especially if you got shit going on in the, in the background of your life, which I'm sure, like, this is professional fighting. Like, a lot of these dudes have a lot of shit going on in the, back, in the backgrounds of their lives, you know what I mean? Right. You don't get into fighting because you're, you're living the healthiest lifestyle. Right. <laughs> um, so, like, it, it is a lot of pressure. It is a lot mentally. Um, like, what's it like to wake up and, like, you know, there are, like, five or six different guys... Who are you know talking about how they want to knock you the fuck out, um, or you know criticizing you and like they're actual fighters who you have to deal with. That that, that puts a lot of mental strain on you. Um, All right. And like, dude, like being the heavyweight champion like a year into your professional career and beating arguably the greatest fighter of all time Bro, in like the seventies. <laughs> Like, like, dude, he's like twenty years old when this happens. Hold up, he's born in one, like sixty. So he was born in fifty-three. He wins the title in seventy-eight. So he's like twenty-three, twenty-four years old. And there's no manual. Like nobody can tell you how to handle that. Like there's no. He is probably partying his ass off. Right. <laughs> like, doing all types of... Fu- like, this is the 70s. About to be the 80s. He's probably doing all types of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know. Um, yeah, like, I, I hope... I, you know, going back to what this originally started, I, I hope he gets better. Um, you know. Um, it, it's a shame. I, like I said, I think that... I think beating Ali so early in his career kind of just ruins his life. Um well, not his wife, but his boxing career. Um, he was never really able to, you know, put together that type of uh, run again. And oh, it's a shame. Um, but I, I hope he improves. I hope he gets better. Um, and I have one more bit of news. Um, WADA, the WADA, uh, has banned Russia from, the, it's from international sport events for four years. Which means we're gonna win some gold medals at the Olympics, baby. Let's go. <laughs> no more will we have to deal with um, Russian dominance in uh, American <laughs> in in uh, freestyle wrestling. There you go. Um, uh, uh, wrestling. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I so this all started with a little documentary. Which I was reminded of earlier this week, uh, Icarus, in 2017 by Brian Fogel, um, where he was trying to explore his options in doping so he could win an amateur cycling race, and somehow ended up like talking to the head of the Russian anti-doping laboratory. 
<laughs> Greg uh Grigory Radchenna uh Radchekov Radchenkov and Radchenkov explained how the Russian government was basically ha- switching out their athletes drug tests for clean ones Jeez. and like systematically supplying their athletes with dope mind you this comes in like halfway through the documentary <laughs> like, Vogel wasn't trying like he was just trying to fucking dope for an amateur cycling contest <laughs> and this dude's like yeah we've committed all types of crimes he's like bro I didn't even need to know all that like, <laughs> like I have to brag like the like, camera's running the- I just needed the needle <laughs> like I, I don't know if like Red Chavkov was like doing this as a sense of guilt or was just like you know he, he just got caught it was just feeling particularly in himself, like into himself that day. It was just like, yeah, I did all this. What y'all gonna do about it? But um, uh, yeah. So Russia's banned from the Olympics and all World Championships. Um, so I don't know how. Or, or like, I don't know if like United Wrestling, United World Wrestling, which is like the, which used to be FIBA, which is just basically the. Uh, world sanctioning body for like international wrestling competition. I don't know if they're going to be like, oh, you guys aren't allowed to wrestle at the world championships anymore, which would suck because you know, I get like I meant I I alluded to earlier, Russia, best wrestling country in the world. They have the best wrestler in the world, um, Abdul Abdul Rashid Sadulayev, uh, who beat who is. An absolute fucking tank. If you've never seen him, uh, if you've never seen him wrestle, uh, go give him a watch. Um, but um, that, that that that's a shame because I was looking forward to seeing him wrestle in the twenty twenty Olympics. But um, well, if he has if he has nothing to do, um, they could drop him in the octagon. He could beat the yeah, shit. Yeah, I was gonna say like if John all these guys, Jones, Yeah, I was gonna say like if if all these athletes are banned from. The Olympics, like, bro, just just come on over to MMA, man. We got you. <laughs> you don't care if you fail drug tests in other sports. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Your past history has nothing to do with what you do inside this cage. If you can wrestle and and throw a punch halfway decent, we got you. And this dude's only, like, wait, he's only 23 years old, so. He, Maybe a killer, man. Come over here. Oh, absolutely. The dude is a fucking monster. Um. It's like him and Taha Agul, who's Turkish, so he's not banned, unfortunately. <laughs> so what, four, four years from now would be till what twenty? Well, Olympics start twenty twenty, so it'd be till twenty twenty four. I don't know, like what the actual like. Hold up, the Olympic Committee uh, of Bowling. What the fuck? What is this article? <laughs> you can't bowl until twenty twenty four. Oh, no, no, 300 feet. Oh, wait, 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 here we go. Russian athletes could still compete in the to- in Tokyo Summer Olympics next year, WADA says, but they will have to fulfill a number of requirements from showing they aren't implicated in cheating to having no mm. drug-positive findings on their records. Mm. So, uh, I, uh, in addition to a four-year ban, blah, 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 so... I, I, I just I, asked I, that I'm, to say... I'm, uh... I'm curious. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, because, like... There are times where, like, countries are banned and athletes just wrestle independent of their country. Hmm. 
because you always see them, it's always like that group of like 20 people who are like, oh, these are refugees or people who, you know, denounced their citizenship because their country was banned or whatever. So that's still an option, I think. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know what those particulars are, but go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, I, I just asked all that to say if, uh, you know, if you just happen to see a, a crazy uptick. Uh, between now and 2024 and uh, Russian combatants all across MMA, you, you know where they came from. <laughs> you, you know you know what went down. All right. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. Freedom. It's, all, it's yeah, freedom. There's always, there's always <laughs> options. <laughs> there, there, are, there are always options. So, there's always a way to circumvent the system. So I, I almost missed this last bit of news. Thank God I was browsing Reddit um, as, as we're talking here. But Dada 5000, he has been licensed in Florida to promote bare-knuckle backyard brawls in 2020. Hey, we Uh, might get the next Warrior Masvidal from this, bro. uh, (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I ain't holding my breath. Well, I guess really we won't know until years from now because... It'll be like 20 years from now. Right. <laughs> the 18-year-old is like 38 and he's like having this career renaissance. Right. Yeah, I like won't even be watching MMA anymore. I'll have moved on to... I don't even know. <laughs> it's the old man by then. It'd just be old man fights. Yeah, but for, yeah. for y'all who... Uh, that, I guess that'll be y'all bare knuckle fix. That'll... Uh, yeah, I mean, is like, how do you sell tickets to backyard knuckle fights? Like, actually, you know what? I don't know. Maybe do they just set out chairs, like those plastic lawn chairs? I was gonna say this might be the time to reach out and then seize this with the barbecue fight league. Yeah, he's already got the outside theme going. Yeah, like if he's not grilling in the background, like what are we even doing? Yeah, we got we got to get the grill. We got to get these uh, stipulations in the contracts about you signing away your family. Uh, somebody's got to win a Ford F-150 and a Golden Grill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, all right, you know, I'm not going to trash it all the way. This might be a future business relationship. Might, uh... Best of luck, Dada. <laughs> Wait, did we do an episode on Dada 5000 versus Kimbo's Lace, or was that before our time? Um, did we? Because we might have to go back and talk about that one day. <laughs> I remember posting a video. I cannot remember if we were podcasting back then. Uh, what year was that? Because that, we started in 2017 or 20, late 2016. So uh, that was February 2016. So that was before we started. No yeah, yeah. Really. Damn. That's all right. We might have to have a throwback podcast one day. We'll just go back and revisit all of our... <laughs> all of our favorite terrible fights. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, all you got for news. That's all I got. I don't, I don't have anything. Yeah, I'm. I'm, and I'm, I'm ready to. I'm, I'm ready tapped. to talk about some. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey. All right, Joe. That was a. Uh, was a notes for the week. Anything we missed, uh, we'll circle back next week and get it. But let's talk about some fisticuffs. Um. <sighs> so I'm gonna do the boxing first since I I watched this. All right. I have um, one MMA fight to talk about. Um. Yeah. Before we get to the UFC, I have, well, 
I don't know. I'll, I'll let you go. I don't know if I was insane, but I'll, I'll run through this real quick. Well, I'm assuming yours is Branch versus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not talking about that. I am talking about the goat, the god. I don't even know how to pronounce his fucking name. Omar Kane, Omar Kane, uh, Reung Reug, who is oh. a yeah, this <laughs> yes. Senegal, Senegalese wrestling champion. Um. And if you've never seen uh, Senegalese wrestling, it's two dudes in what look like uh, sumo diapers, but you know I, I don't know what they're called. Sorry. Um, and they wrestle in sand, and if you get taken down, you lose. Also, there's a lot of dancing, like a lot of dancing. It's actually really cool. Um, but he decided to make the jump to MMA, which is great. <laughs> He did a jumping. He did like, a jumping punch, <laughs> yeah. and, and not like a, not in the Anthony Pettis Superman punch kind of way. Like he literally did a jumping like. I mean, he also hit like a, a sweet ass <laughs> double leg, where he just picked some dude up and like tossed him to the side, which was you know pretty cool. Uh, but that that finishing sequence was um. Yeah, it was like, like he tried to throw a hammer fist as his opponent was w- running backwards, uh, like a, like a straight like. I don't even know what he was trying to do when he jumped. Hold on, how, how do you spell his name? Because pe- people need to look this up. R e u g r e u g. That's one of his names, and his other one is Omar Kane, which is O u m a r K a n e. Uh, he fought in this promo- this new promotion, um, Aros? Eris? Eris. Yeah, it's A-A-R-E-S. Yes, yeah. it's on Fight Pass. Um, so. Yeah, go, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this, go look at that, like, why you listen to this. Yeah, no, it is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's, uh, this is, this is MMA in its purest form. Like, this is... This, this is <laughs> the mixing of the martial arts. Right. <laughs> it's the mixing of something. I don't know what, but it, it was that, mixed up. Those are some looping ass shots. Like he is, it, like isn't he like six five? Because he I looks, he looks short here. He is definitely not six five. I don't know how tall he is, but he he, he, he has like T Rex arms. Because <laughs> those those hooks do not look like they're coming from somebody with a six five wingspan. He reminds me of a dude from one championship. Alan Alain. Yeah. Yeah. He reminds me of him. Just both really physically huge men. Well, Alani don't got the jumping punches. He ain't learned that yet. His gym don't, uh, you know, that's the secret technique. They don't teach you that until you get, you hit the final level. Um, yeah, that fight was. <laughs> I thank Twitter for that one. I would not have known that existed had I not seen some gifts. Uh, floating around. I saw a picture Middle Easy tweeted out. It was like, this monster is going to be fighting in MMA. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't wait till the top 10 is just all like Africans. Hey, man. But the UFC Africa card, when it, it has to happen. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fine. I hope it happens. I really do. I wonder, like, is there a place in Nigeria where they could have that Nigeria sporting complex? Uh, somewhere, man. God, we, we gotta, 
I mean, because, like, that would be the place where it would happen. Um, 30,000 spectators, whether for soccer or track or field. So, yeah, there's a spot. It's there just, you go. Does the USC feel like they can make money there? I yeah. thought they would really come support their people. I can see it. I mean, yeah, but, like, if the ticket, like, if you can sell tickets in Vegas for, like, $800 or whatever, like, is Nigeria going to spend, like, is somebody in Nigeria going to spend $800 for, like, Kamaru Usman or Israel Adesanya? I don't know. It's got to happen, though, man. It's got to happen. At least once. At least once. it'd It'd be cool. Um, the, 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 yeah, no, it'd be cool. I was gonna make a Richard Comey joke, but I feel bad because he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that uh, Rio Rio fight, however you say his name, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll just transition that real quick to the David Branch and Alexander Shomenko fight. Um, I don't even have it pulled up in front of me. I want to say they fought in a an event. Uh, called R, it's like RCC or something like that. Um, I feel like I oddly predicted how that fight was gonna go. I wasn't a hundred percent right to the T. Did you predict that Shawmaker would submit him? I think I said I said something like to the effect of David Branch would do good with his grappling, and then something wild would happen and he'd get finished. Um, and that kind of sort of <laughs> happened. Because Branch did get, he got, um, he got Shlomenko down, he took his back, he went for a rear naked choke, he, at, l- at one point looked like he had it in, but, you know, they, they kind of wrestled around for a while, and then he, uh, Shlomenko ended up getting out of it, they got back to the feet, and then Shlomenko went into Shlomenko mode, um, so I... and then he, yeah. he ended up hitting a front choke, I think mean, I'm pretty sure it was a front choke. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like right before the round, the round it was only it had to been like less than twenty seconds left. I felt so bad for Dave Branch. He keeps this is what happens. You keep cutting to middleweight. Yes, go to two five. It's too late now. He's, he's just like Luke Rockhold and Chris Wiseman and Jacare. So Dave Branch could have. Uh, no, go ahead. I was say could have been a, a savior, but I will say for people who don't know, like a, a loss to Flamenco, I don't think is a. Uh, loss to be ashamed of. If you, if you don't know Shlomenko, man, that's he, he's a man out here. It's not, but at the same time, when you're the BJJ black belt, you probably shouldn't be getting submitted by Storm. Yeah. Like, yeah, that back take should have resulted in a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I just came upon this bit of news, and it's more. I I. I'm very confused. So, Premier Boxing Champions posted this article on their website. And and it it says, Deontay Wilder named Ambassador for Peace by Pope Francis. (laughs) And there's a picture of Deontay Wilder shaking hands with Pope Francis. Hold on, hold on. I will send it to you right now. I'm I'm already ready. I'm on on my Googles. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) How did this happen? (laughs) Who called this meeting? Hold up, man. 
Hold up. Francis is a fan of murder in the boxing room. God. Being an athlete has some wild perks. <laughs> Wilder, who was accompanied by WBC president Mauricio Suleiman, joins Muhammad Ali and Riddick Bowe as the only American heavyweights to ever have an audience with the Pope. I, Mr. I want a fucking body on my resume. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Wilder also stopped by a children's hospital during his tour of Rome, where he offered encouraging words, played and read with the patients. He plans to visit the Rome Coliseum and the National Roman Museum. Oh, it's nice they're having a good vacation. There you go. Nice. There you go. He's, he's doing some good work out here. Like he, Wilder's daughter has, um, what was it? Crap. I, I was going to yeah, say cystic fibrosis, but I don't think that's it. Um, I, I can't remember what it is either. Right. Uh, spina bifida. Spina bifida. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. Basically, it's um, you kind of probably. I don't remember like the technical thing, but I know pretty much like for the rest of your life, you'll probably need like a walker uh, or yeah, like some kind of. It's not like you're paralyzed, but. Oh, oh, I'm 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 sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Wilder has eight kids. He did. I thought he just had, like, the, the one. I thought he had, like, two. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Hey, we didn't even know he was in Rome. There's a lot about this man we probably don't know. Deontay Wilder out here making all the moves. Hey, man, the world's most interesting man. Hey, like, if we're being real, like, Deontay Wilder does seem like the dude who does the most. You know? You knock somebody out on Saturday, and on Monday you're shaking hands with the Pope. That's that's crazy. I wonder if Paul Francis even knows who the fuck he is. He's just like, oh, <laughs> oh this is it's like Muhammad Ali, except he's Christian. <laughs> the Pope committee's like, listen, man, he's just this will look good with the kids, you know. I don't know, but uh, hold on, let let let, let, let move on so we we can get to this uh this card. That was a nice random bit of news though. This, this might be the cover photo for the <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> It's such a bizarre photo, but um. This is an onion article. <laughs> but moving on, um, a major boxing fight. Obviously, it's major because Terence Crawford, uh, also went down on Saturday night. Uh, Terence Crawford, uh, fought against. I'm gonna butcher this name, so please forgive me. No. Uh, Ajidijus, Kabul. Cavill, I had this right before we recorded, now I can't say it. Cavaliaskis, probably wrong, but I tried. Um, for the WBO welterweight title, um, God, leave me to do the boxing analysis. I'm going to fall on my face here, but I'm going to try. Um, I only got a chance to watch the fight once, so I'm not going to really have a ton to say about it. But it, it was a good fight. Like, um, It was kind of interesting in the beginning, probably the first three I'm going to say probably the first three rounds. Um, Kavalaiskis was, I don't say he was taking it to Crawford, but he probably took a couple of those rounds. He was landing some pretty good uh, power shots. Crawford was just kind of not as methodical as I've, I've seen him be before. 
he was just kind of standing willing to trade and he ate a couple of power shots um i can't remember if that was the second or third round where he probably got dropped but they called it a slip but it looked like he ate a hard shot but once again i didn't see the replay i only watched the fight once uh, i didn't get a chance to rewatch it so in real time it looked like he actually did get dropped to a knee but they just called it a slip um so like uh Kavalias has got off to a really good start and then it was like after Crawford ate that power shot, like something just awakened in him. And it was like he just got angry. Um, and he decided to just meet fire with fire. There wasn't a whole lot of being methodical. and uh, Like I've seen him kind of play really good defense, punish dudes with body shots, but like be real economical about it. Bruh, he, he just turned up after he got hit with that knockdown. Like, that fourth round came, and dude was just, he was just letting his hands go. And even the, the announcers were going crazy, like, you know, he shouldn't be just standing in the pocket like this, and he should be doing X, Y, X, Y. And Crawford was like, nah, bro, we, we throwing hands now. Like, you shouldn't have hit me like that. And he just kind of went in and just, he just starts throwing bombs. It was a really fun fight. And then he, he dropped Kavaliskis, I cannot remember what round. Um, he dropped him in, in one round, and then uh, next couple rounds, Crawford kept beating up on him, and then that last round, he caught him with the, uh, the uppercut. It finished in the ninth round. But I, I just thought it was kind of wild because Crawford just literally, like, <laughs> something awakened in that man after that fourth round. Like, he really just turned it up. Like, he met fire with fire, but he, he, had, the, <clears throat> he had more ammunition. Yeah, he was uh. So one of my like I, I I didn't see the fight. I was like I, it was like the sixth round before I even realized it was on last night because like I was so busy watching the UFC card. Um, but like one of the things I love most about Bud, dude, is just like he is mean. Like, I I mean like. There's that like we always talk about like there's that extra little bit of like meanness that like some of these top guys have like i think jose aldo is a dude who had it um like max holloway versus brian ortega style like mm. like it's not even crowning it's just like i'm beating you up and there's nothing you can do about it i'm going to be as brutal and frank and like sinister about it as possible right and it the perfect example of this would be Crawford carrying Jeff Horn like an extra like six rounds just to beat him up. <laughs> so like I, I saw people talking about like yeah no Crawford could have this way sooner if he wanted but he he wanted what's his face to know that he just could not beat him. Yeah, he it was like after the fourth round he just big brothered him. Yeah, but, and it's not to say that. Uh, wasn't like fighting back, but it was like you were obviously out here. Yeah, yeah. So Kavalaiskis turned up, got his knockdown, and then Crawford turned up, and you realize the turnups were different. <laughs> like, Crawford was some levels. It's levels to this, and he he was uh he he was just way ahead, man. Too too much firepower. Just some really nasty, just like menacing shots, like. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch though. It was really fun to watch, um, but I don't have like a ton of a technical breakdown. But it's a good fight. It was it was a non rounder. 
Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, I would definitely recommend it. It was, it was a pretty, it was a really fun fight. Um, so Crawford, uh, of course, retained his title. Um, also on the card, uh, Teofimo Lopez defeated Richard Kami, uh, second round knockout. Uh, I meant to watch that fight, but it ended so quick. By yeah, the time it was. I went to turn it on, it was over. Yeah, no, it, it um, was pretty. Yeah, no, that knockout was nasty. Um, yeah. Lopez is. Well, he's he's world champ now, but he is the truth. Like that kid, like he he's gonna be something special. Um, I don't know if it's like special enough to get past Vasily Lomachenko, who's gonna be his next opponent. But um, he, that's gonna that's a great fight. That's a great fight. Um, I'm gonna have to do my homework on him. He's always a name I've heard a bunch. And I've been meaning to like we, watch his fight. We talked about him on the show once. He's the dude who deaded that guy once, like just flatlined him with like one of the nasty. Like that was one of the hardest punches I think I've ever seen landed on a oh. person. Um, but like it's him. It's Shakur Stevenson. They're from that same like Olympic class. Hmm. Uh, I I believe Teofimo fought for Nicaragua. He he didn't fight for the United States. Um. Well, let me actually look it up before I make an ass of myself. Like he he's from Brooklyn, but he fought for a different country because I don't think he made like he I don't think he was on the U.S. team. Uh, he fought for Honduras. Um, he, and he lost in the first round to the dude who eventually won the uh, silver medal. But um, 22 years old, 15 wins, 12 knockouts. Dude is dude is nasty. Um, Quick note on just like the whole card in general. Like Bob Arum was on uh, talked to BoxingScene.com about like how he's been like the numbers on ESPN have been good, the subscriptions for ESPN Plus have been good, but they are just not able to get the anybody in the seats. And if you watched the card last night, you'll notice that there were a lot of free, uh, not free, but open seats at MSG. Uh, I think they said that they were they would need a big walk up crowd to hit ten thousand people. MSG holds like twenty thousand people. Like I, I don't know why they take these cards on the road. Like if if you're not gonna get Crawford somebody who is like a great B side or even an A side, like a like a Spence would be. Like why take him out of o, uh, Omaha? It makes no sense to me. Like I know that he has. To- Make, keep up these relationships with like you know the uh, the uh, the MSG people and like the Barclay people and uh, the uh, the forum people. Like he has to get them fights so like you know they can stay in business for when they do get the big cards. But like this just seems ridiculous. I don't know. Hey, keep keep throwing hands on people like that though. Keep uh keep yeah. that up. Yeah, I, mean, that's <laughs> what, I, I feel for Craw- I mean, I say I feel for Crawford, but he got four million dollars to beat up on some dude who had no business probably fighting him for the title. If but it does feel like he should be like bigger than he is, I guess. I mean, like here's the thing: he's plenty big. Like his cards do well, like numbers wise, like ratings wise. Anyway, it's not like he's doing less than like. Uh, like the only thing he doesn't go have going for him is pay per view, and that's because nobody's going to pay to see him fight. Freaking, um, I, I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name. Uh, uh, 
Like, no one's going to pay money for that. You, I mean, you, you tune in because it's Terrence Crawford, but no one's going to pay money for it. Like, you, you have to make it special. Like, Mikey Garcia is a good B-side because he's a good A-side for Errol Spence. And, you know, that card sells. And it didn't sell particularly great, but it sold well enough. And then, like, you get Errol Spence versus Sean Porter. And that's a big fight that people care about. And you can sell, and you know people pay to go see because there's, it's a fifty-fifty fight. Like, who is Crawford fighting? He's fighting mandatories that like, like the, the dude he fought um, had a draw. It was his previous fight with like Ray Robinson, who is you know a fine welterweight, but not exactly like he's not a top ten guy. I'm not even sure if he's like a top twenty guy. So, you know, Bob Arum has to get off his ass and find a way to get Crawford these fights. Like, there's no other way around it. People that just aren't bodies. Right. And, like, I I, I get that 147 is basically on lock because PBC owns all the top 147 fighters, but... Like, you're the promoter. It's your job to make things happen. Like, find a way to make these fights happen. Like, I I don't know what Terrence, where Terrence Crawford's mind's at right now. Like, I don't know if he's, like, just happy getting $4 million for these types of fights. I don't know if he's like, I want to be the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world, and the only way I'm going to do that is if I go out there and I beat Errol Spence and Sean Porter and Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman. Like, I, I don't know where he's at, like, mentally, but he, I, I, like, he has, like, a competitive edge to him that makes me feel like he wants to go out there and beat literally everybody. And props to Sean Porter, who was, who was like, basically said, like, it, it, I will eventually fight Terrence Crawford. Heyman can't stop me, and Aram can't stop me. So, hey. yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was that fight. Terrence Crawford uh, laid hands upon the... That's that's how that went. All right, man. Let's get to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get to the get down. What a night. What a night. What a night. UFC 245 went down Saturday night. Las Vegas, Nevada, man. We got three title fights, man. Kamaru Usman versus Kobe Covington. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. Amanda Nunez versus Domain Durandamy and a host of other notable names and this was one of those cards that just I, I was praying that this paper this this card delivered because I'm like I'm looking at this on paper I'm like oh my god there's so many good fights on this card I'm like please let this like not I was afraid that like somehow this could just end up not being a dud but like maybe on paper all these fights would look great and then we'd see them and they just wouldn't like live up to what they were when we saw them on paper but uh, nah, man. This this card from top to bottom pretty much delivered all the way through. Um, there might have been one fight I didn't care for, and it it ain't really their fault. They middleweights. They, they can't help it. The dads. <laughs> yeah, it, it is what they it is. They have to be on work on on Monday, dude. Like leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I let them live. <laughs> and it wasn't, the fight wasn't even really bad. It's just I, I was not. Really it, it was just but, plucked in the middle of a really good undercard or right. prelim section. So, 
but yeah, this this car, man, uh, really really great. And quick shout outs to uh, the Technical Foul podcast, who uh, I post my my write up articles of pay per views on there. So give them a look. www.technicalfoulpodcast. Uh, uh, what's the website? Technicalfoul.com. Uh, tech spelled with a K. Make sure you put the K on it. Um, man. Um, yeah, we'll just run this from the top. <laughs> um, Speaking of run. Come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running this from the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Usman. First welterweight title defense against Kobe Covington. Um, I, I put in my write-up. Um, I thought there were a few ways this fight could go, and this... This this way completely slipped my mind. Um, I envisioned that this fight would be a lot of clinching, um, maybe uh, some like their wrestling would cancel out, but they both would still try to use it, and it'd be a lot of just jockeying for positioning, and maybe like not a whole lot going on. Um, but I didn't take into account that maybe they just wouldn't try it. <laughs> they would just just stand and throw down like i was i was waiting for at some point like somebody's either going to shoot or even if they don't shoot like literally they're just going to push somebody against the cage it's going to be a lot of clinching going on and we're all going to leave and it's not going to be a good time Mm. um yeah but i figured that usman would win just i felt like his physicality to me was going to be the difference that like while kobe usman probably hasn't dealt with somebody who has kobe's kind of like volume and pressure but i don't think Kobe has fought anybody who just is just like such a physical presence like Usman is and I I figured that would be the difference and the other difference would be who determine the winner would be who would be willing not willing but who would give up the most ground because you have two guys who can really pressure their opponents and either and just kind of break them over the course of five rounds so it'd be just who would give up the most ground in this fight and they just came out they said we ain't with all that wrestling whatever throw that out the window with throwing hands, um, and I got a fight that I was I, I was thoroughly pleased. I did not expect this fight to be this good. Um, yeah, no, it, it's Kobe, a fight of the year contender. Yeah, it's 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 up there. And <laughs> I, to be honest, like after Holloway Volkanovski, I was good for the rest of the night. I was like, bro, this main event is just like it's cool, but I don't really need this. But um, no, I'm glad we got it. I'm I'm glad we got it. Um, I thought Colby actually started off pretty good for the first couple rounds. Um, I, I felt like Usman in the beginning, like it took, it, I felt like it took him a while to settle in. I felt like he was like really, really tense. Uh, Colby was throwing some, some, some decent combinations, mixing it up nice. Just a, a lot of volume. You, you kind of know how Colby does, but I thought he did a decent job of, excuse me, kind of sort of trying to get out of the way of punches. I thought, like I said, Usman, I thought was just a little little tight, a little tense in those first few rounds. Um, and I feel like around, like, round three was when the fight really kind of settled in. Um, and I, I felt like Usman was able to slow things down a bit more, and I felt like he was kind of getting reads on Kobe a lot better, uh, probably from, like, round three on until the rest of the fight. Um but now this is a great kind of back and forth like wrestle boxer match. <laughs> like 
or, or kickboxing match, whatever you want to call it. Um, I love, 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 love the body work from Usman. Um, for somebody like Kobe who really thrives on pressure and volume and just being able to out-cardio you for five rounds and just kind of break you, I thought the body work was just a really good job. Just make those investments early, and he was digging in Kobe's body, man. Really good uh, body shots, and that, that front kick to the body was working pretty well, uh, pretty well also. And you could see, like, there would be times when Usman would land a body shot, and his hands, Kobe's hands would definitely drop a little bit. Like, after a while, you could de tell he definitely was starting to feel those. And I felt like towards, like, the third and fourth round, Kobe wasn't so, um... I'm used to seeing Kobe, like, he's always pushing forward. And there were moments where he was eating those body shots and he was not pushing forward. He was kind of just, he just wasn't pushing forward. Like, it just, it looked different. I'd never seen he nobody, fought, nobody's. He fought a good amount of this fight just off the back foot. Yeah. Like, this whole, like, 90% of this fight, 95% of this fight was in open space, which is we're not used to for either guy because both guys like to push their opponents back towards the fence where they can get their wrestling going. And Covington, for the most part, um, was moving backward. He was the one moving backwards and laterally and stuff, but he was never, like, at no point was he ever, like, cornered up against the fence. Like, he did a good job of, you know, just moving laterally, pivoting, staying off of... Um, uh, keeping his back, in, keeping his, both his feet in that center octagon that on the ground. Um, so he had that going for him. And like good volume and good, um, but had some pretty decent like shot selection those first few rounds. And it had me nervous at first because Kobe, Kobe would catch like Usman with like a hard one too. And Usman just has like this really hard reaction to punches. Like, it seemed like every hard hit Kobe landed, like he kind of, I kind of think it's somebody to compare him to. I can't, like, I can't think of it off the top of my head. He didn't look hurt, but he froze up when he got hit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know if he wasn't expecting it, or maybe Kobe just, maybe he hits a little harder than maybe what we think he does. Like, that could just be but, him bracing, too. Like, he's just like, okay. Yeah. But it, it, Something. It, it is really bizarre, like, if you watch it, because, like, I, I, I think the main, like, not the main thing, but one of the bigger factors of this fight is that Usman hits for power, Kobe does not, and, like, at the end of the day, it was just, like, a battle of attrition. Yeah. Um, like, first off, this is the best striking performance, I, uh, I think, easily of Usman's career, mostly because we rarely ever see him actually, like, strike for extended periods of time without, like, jumping into the clinch like he did against Woodley or, you know, double uh, jumping for those double legs. Um, this is such, it's such a bizarre fight because, like, it was, a it, it was a great entertaining fight, but, like, a lot of it came, uh, a lot of the fact that it was entertaining came down to the fact that, like, both these dudes are, like, not Great strikers. Great strikers, yeah. <laughs> right, which is not to say they didn't do things well, but like, it, it was really clear that um, Covington has the same problems that DC has, which is he has a system drilled into him for what to do, 
to enact his game plan, which is to come forward, throw volume, get you the swing back and miss, and keep going. That's what he did against Robbie. Uh, like the vo- the volume is supposed to nullify counters and nullify alpha. It's he's like the whole point is to get you to stop throwing, right? He does not have good defensive instincts. So, whenever Usman would throw that, like, the little front kicks to the body or, like, that big sweeping right hook to the body, and Kobe would just sit there and, like, take it, that was just a sign to me that he did not have that response to Troy Drain. Like, that, that was not part of his system. He was not prepared for that. And it might be something that his team has never actually exposed him to. Like, he does not have good defensive responses to these types of things. Um, and, and the same thing for Usman. Like, you were saying, like, he can't, like, you know, the way he was taking punches, like, every time he got hit clean, he froze up a little bit. And we don't know if that's embracing. We don't know if that's him actually hurt. Though I don't think he was ever actually hurt. Um, I think it was all just, like, you know, a, a mental thing where it was like, okay, I got hit. I have to whatever, but, like, Usman also does not have, like, a, a lot of good defensive tendencies drilled into him. Like, there were a lot of times where he would come in behind the jab, and he would land, and Kobe would cu- uh, counter with, like, a hook or something, and Usman's response was just to sit there and take it, as opposed to, like, th- there was a lot of watching his work. Yeah, and his, uh, not a lot of head movement. No. Nah. Not a lot of head movement. That that really bothered me in the first half of that fight. I was like, bro, you're going <laughs> to... He's going to keep tagging you if you don't get that head off the center line soon because he's just, it's kind of there. It is there to be hit. Uh, he, he had some nice, um, like, he, he did some nice things with his feet, like, when he could get Kobe to miss uh, just by, you know, stepping back, taking an angle, something like that. He, he did that a couple times. Um, not enough. Um, but, like, he, he was really crisp. Like, that jab was fantastic for um, Usman. Um, like, did not, but, like, the jab is one of the few things he's shown in his arsenal, like, pretty consistently, but mm-hmm. that, that, that was some great, uh, jab work, and like you said, like, the body punching was, fan, like, fantastic, but it was also coupled with the fact that Covington had no idea how to deal with it, um, like, the, And this come like another factor for like how Usman was taking those punches. It kind of reminds me of the way that uh, what's his name trains his fighters. Shit, who was the black zillion kickboxing coach? Big time kickboxer. Uh, he trained Anthony uh, Anthony uh, Johnson. I should know this. I should know this. Foxillion dude. He's killing me. Hold up. Uh Andy Johnson, boxing coach. Henry Hoof. There we go. Fuck. Henry. I forget about Henry Hoof. Henry Hoof is also a dude who trains like systems into his fighters. Like a lot of pressuring, but like I don't know if you've like you you've watched all that Dutch kickboxing. Like there is not a lot of um there's a lot of my turn, your turn 
style of India. Like, and that's kind of built into this style of kickboxing where like they'll wait till their opponent opponent is done throwing and then they'll throw. And I think you see a little bit of that here. It almost felt like if, if Usman could have... Because I felt like Kobe doesn't... Or, or really, I'll probably say this for both of them. <laughs> Neither one of them has like a wide array of striking. Like, it's either going to be a jab, one-two. Kobe might hit you with an uppercut, or he'll, he'll at least throw one. I just felt like if he could have just bobbed and weaved <laughs> a little bit, this fight probably could have been over way sooner. Yeah, no, there was a lot of like, I like the, the, there was a lot of like thing part of spots in the fight where it just felt like it was one, you know, like where neither guy just really knew how to deal with like what their opponent was throwing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, props to both. Like Kobe, even though like I said, his striking isn't the greatest, but he. <laughs> he's still good at giving volume. Like he'll he'll throw a three piece or four piece if it, you know, he'll do what he has to do to to just keep going, just to keep some kind of volume, some kind of output going. Yeah, and like, uh, like um, I'm I I was critical of Kobe's like you know kick uh, striking here, but like he won the last round and a half before the knockout um, of you know straight boxing. With a broken jaw, um, which, you know, not easy, um, not easy, uh, but it also made it sweeter when he lost. So, yeah, boy, he got he got cleaned. <laughs> boy, his his whole face just you watch that. I think that was a was that a straight right? I can't remember. It was a straight was- left hand. Yeah, that was the the punch that they're insinuating that broke his jaw, boy. His whole face just. Yeah, he complained yeah. that it was a fit, an eye poke. Yeah, like nah, bro, your jaw just shifted to the other side. <laughs> you might have got some sweat in your eye. That's what that was. All right. Um, nah, yeah, that's straight. That was that was the beginning of the end. Um. Yeah, caught him, dropped him, got back up, got a. He ate another hard one. <laughs> got got <laughs> dropped again. Um, I, I, ground and pound. Yeah, I, I think this kind of shows that um, both dudes kind of really need their um, their what you call like the wrestling in their game. Yeah, because that that hides a lot of the stuff. Like they like Usman's able to throw that one two and then immediately charge for the the, the clinch or the double leg. Kobe's able to hide a lot of his defensive, defensive, um, you know, deficiencies by being able to just duck under dudes when they come forward on him, like which he wasn't able to hear. Usman was able to tag him with a bunch of like you know jabs and uh, straight left or right hands up the middle. I feel like Kobe extends a lot on some of his punches too. Like if he was fighting anybody who was a bit sharper. Would have gotten countered a lot more, but I, I think that part of that was just Usman's freaking long ass arms. Yeah, because he was Kobe was eating that jab all night. But man, props to both. That was a great, great fight. What with that being said, we is it laugh at Kobe time? <laughs> Cause, uh, 
I've never seen somebody get so low so quick after a fight was over. Like, I didn't know he ran until I saw somebody post it on Twitter. Like, right out the arena. Bro, he he got his jaw broke, and they didn't even get a chance to read the, the, the scorecards, and this man was already out of the arena. Like, that was the I get to leave uh, uh, home. <laughs> I get to leave work early run. Like, <laughs> that's the run you do when your manager's like, hey, man, that's not out of work. You, you can go home at, like, 12. And you just pack your bags and you just go. That's that's what he he clocked out really quick, like. And it, it's like, bro, you can't you can't be you can't be the guy who picks up the ball and runs home because he lost the game. After you talk all like you, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kobe's already bitching about Mark Goddard on Twitter. Yeah, I saw. Um, I saw. That ain't it, bro. You 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 talked a lot of, and it wasn't like good trash talk. It was that cringy racial racist racially charged not racist. That the the, the coach thing that he brought up with uh Glenn Robinson, yeah. like oh and dirt uh, yeah what the fuck. Yeah, really just distasteful. Fucking make, so like, making fun of Usman's dad for being in jail? Like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? Yeah, like, there's a way you can do trash talk without kind of... Uh, and a, a random other side note that doesn't really have anything to do with the fight, but since we're on talking about Kobe, um, that whole interview he did with Candace Owens, talking about his uh, quote-unquote origin story, and how he decided to make this character because uh, he said the UFC was going to cut him because he was boring, even though he was winning fights. And it's like, listen, man, if you're going to have a shtick, you can't break character. Don't be breaking the fourth wall telling us that, oh, I had to make this character because of X, Y. You, it, if, you, if you're going to be, if you're going to, if you're going to be a character, just be the character. You got to ride that I out. I mean, this is the first time he's admitted that it was a joke. But it's... Or not a joke. That... But like a gimmick, it's fucking it's yeah. so stupid. But it's like no, if you got a gimmick, you gotta lean into the gimmick. You can't, you can't break character. You gotta lean into the gimmick, bro. You gotta, you gotta own that. You gotta own that. You don't, don't be going up with Candace Owens trying to explain the gimmick. No, you just gotta be the gimmick, bro. That that run, that that run. You know, like after you ate like some bad Taco Bell, <laughs> that I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. Run. Like, how did he get out of there so fast? Like, what? I need to camp. Like, when did he leave? He left as soon as they announced that um, Usman had won. Like, he fucking bounced. Like, you see his whole security, the whole security detail, like running after him. <laughs> I swear, I didn't see when. I feel like after Usman landed those last two ground and pound shots, like he just got up and ran after that. Like the rough came over to him, they tell him it was over. He complained for like a second, and then he just he just got low. Like, bro, you're really that kid on the playground who picked his ball up and just ran home because he was mad he lost the game. Like, excuse me, that's not a good look. That is not a good look. But um, that bought a uh. And- you can just go through all the oh, oh Twitter, just 
fucking railing on this dude. And to all the people out there like caping for Cody, go fuck yourselves, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got trash. Like, you you, you want to be hated? This is part of the gimmick. This this part this is part of what this part of being a heel. You get hated on when you lose and get embarrassed like that. Yeah, and you got your job broken. Yeah. And I don't care. I've heard rumors say it was true, it wasn't true. I don't care. My story, jaw was broken. That's all that matters. I saw the pun. Uh. <laughs> so I don't care what they say. You want to hear the? You want to read the Candace Owens tweet that she deleted immediately? Yeah, uh, super trash. I saw it. Yeah, you can read it. Yeah, I saw. Go, like, Kobe was going to lose that fight, even if the ref didn't stop. That's the other thing. That was not a bad stoppage. Kobe had a broken fucking jaw. Had been dropped twice in the span of, like, 20 seconds. Yeah. And, like you said, he might have been winning the round up to that point, but he would have lost that round had that kept going. Yep. That, if, that, if, if, if Usman was losing, that was the point where he stole the round back. Mm. Like... Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Hey, man. If you're if you going to come in here talking that, that, that talk, you got to... Hey, man, you felt the wrath of the immigrants. Wakanda. <laughs> Everything all at once. You caught all of it. All the smoke. Um, Shouts to um, Francis Ngannou who came through with Tweet Night thanking... Uh, Thanking Usman for making America great again. <laughs> hey man, it is what it is. It is what it is. So Kobe can run back into his little hole wherever he uh he ran. To. That is some. That's a coward move, man. That is a. That is a coward move. Are you getting no respect for that? Like, no respect, man. Dude can't even no own up to the fact he lost. He has to blame it on Goddard. Yeah. Don't don't blame Goddard. Goddard ain't break you, Joe. Goddard didn't catch you with the straight left. Like... My, my only... The only sad part about this fight is that he did not also break his hand so we don't have to deal with him on Twitter. Yeah. Even if he did, he, he'd still find a way to... He'd get somebody to tweet his anger for him. But uh, he's got a broken jaw. He's got some time to think about all this nonsense he said. You know he's not gonna think. Yeah, he won't. <laughs> well, clearly he didn't. He he got. How you run and hop on Twitter? <laughs> Come, on. you ran. You ran from the arena to hop on Twitter. <laughs> That's what we doing. Yep. You ran to the Twitter fingers, bro. That is. That's some punk shit. That is some that, punk that is, shit, Bruh. Mm-mm. That is... Mm-mm. That ain't it, bro. You ran to Twitter in the corner talking about, I, I think I broke my jaw. No, he broke your jaw. <laughs> you didn't break anything. <laughs> he broke that for you, bud. <laughs> That's how that went. But, um... Yeah, we, we can talk about that all night. But, we really can. Yeah, but the rest of this car was pretty good, so, uh... <laughs> We'll leave Kobe alone for now, but uh, Usman, we appreciate you for restoring balance to the universe, for uh, ending this night. That, that like, the only other way that could have ended more perfect is if like that straight left just would have like 
it'd have been like an instant KO, like he just would have, like a soul departure. But I'll take that. Right. I will oh, take. Right. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Usman still the champ, welterweight title holder. Congrats. Appreciate what you did. Uh, we we appreciate that. that was for the coach. Thank you for delivering us. There you go. <laughs> Moving on. Co-main event. This is my main event of the evening. This is the fight on this card that I was most uh, looking forward to. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. I'll let you kick this off. How, how did you how did you feel about this? That was one of the smartest, most... Um, yeah, that was one of the most smartest and most intelligent game plans I think I've ever seen a challenger bring to um, to a title fight. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky just absolutely, like, you know, um, just absolutely took away all of Max's best tools, took away his ability to put together, together combination uh, strikes, took away... <clears throat> His, basically, his ability to draw people into prolonged exchanges, like he did with Aldo, uh, took away his ability to switch stances and like cut those angles that we're used to seeing, like he did against uh, Brian Ortega, and just took away his jab. Like early on, that like just staying so far out of range that whenever Max would step in, he would just kick the shit out of Max's lead leg. That's just like that's so simple, but it's like so like. Huh, that's the complete opposite of what you think a guy who's like five inches shorter would do. You know what I mean? Right. It's just really super intelligent stuff from City Kickboxing and just absolute like crazy discipline for uh for from Bulk. Um and he ends up out voluming the one the the most prolific volume striker in MMA history. Like that's just I, like just absolute fucking insanity, um, and I love Max, like one of my favorite fighters. But um, like you, you can't it, like Volk seems like a cool dude, and it's just it's just great to see him win the title like that. Just being at being an absolute like smart man in there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that was that was something. Like <laughs> that was. Um, I knew we were gonna get a dog fight. I knew I knew I knew Volk was was gonna bring some heat. Um, I don't really have much to add to that. I didn't. Everything that I'm used to seeing Holloway do, he could not do really either at all in this fight, or he couldn't just really do it consistently. We're used to seeing him switch stances. Man might hit you with a four piece and then switch to the other stance and hit you with another four piece. And there was just none of that going on. Just Volkanovski tore, tore that leg up. Um, was able to land some, some good power shots. He countered really well. Um, he was able to get under some of those jabs and, like, get a nice power shot going. But Holloway could not just... There was no consistent, like, fluidity. It was like every time he tried to even get anything started, like, Volk just derailed him. Yeah. Like... Like... I, I think that Poirier fight took a lot out of Max, like, like his willingness to just go in there and sling. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he has that in him anymore. Um, 
And, and fair enough. That probably wasn't the uh, that probably wasn't gonna lead to like a very long title run anyway. But it, it, it sucks. But at the same time, like, well, that was just such a such a class performance. Um, yeah, that, that we're just not used to in MMA. Yeah, when 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 you see a performance like that, that lets you know like he really, really did his homework. Like he and the rest of his coaches, his team, they really did some homework on Max. Like he he was re- he was definitely ready for this. Um, and it's crazy because like there wasn't a moment where like anybody really got rocked with anything like super crazy. Like nobody got knocked down or or anything like that. But it was just a really he just fought like a really smart. Technic, just a, he fought like the perfect fight. Like it's not really anything I can look at what Volkanovski did and say, oh, he could have did that better, could have did that better. Like that was perfect. As perfect as you can do against a guy like Max, to just be able to cut him off every time. Every time he's about to get started, you just you find a way to shut it down. Just whether it be a leg kick, um, like you said, when. And I think another reason why Max couldn't maybe exchange as freely as he normally does is Volkanovski can put dudes to sleep. Like, this ain't the dude you want to try to show your chin off against. Yeah. Like, not many people can say they put out Chad Mendez like that. And he managed to to do that. Even after they had already gone to war for two rounds. He did that in, like, the third round when you're supposed to be tired and like gassed out because you've just been going hard this whole time um yeah like and just really good conditioning like that was a, a good a good pace because while like not anything crazy happened it's not like they still weren't really going back and forth like that's a rabid pace to keep up for five rounds especially with max we max is just that guy at featherweight who normally you just you can't match that 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 gas tank like he just kind of this is the one fight I've seen where Max didn't get stronger as the fight went on. Like, it's so hard to build when you're just not landing. Yeah. Like that, and like that's that was really the key. Like, don't let Max throw eight like eight punches on you at a time. It was just like, okay, I will keep these exchanges short. I'll kick them and I'll bounce. Like, just really solid stuff. It's like, does it? Like, that's why I love about MMA. It doesn't have to be this overly complicated. Like, you know, there, there's like a million. Like, it's just like, oh, just force him to fight at a range he's probably not used to. Exploit it from the, and then use that to open up to strikes on the inside, and then leave. Like, started exchanges, finished exchanges, just really good stuff. Like it, I almost, <laughs> I almost wish like I had more to say, but it was just like one of the just the most technically sound performances you'll you'll probably watch. And it it was weird. It's weird going into like the fourth round of a fight and having the thought of oh snap, Max probably needs a finish. Like, because Max is not the type of guy who's going to get a finish like out of like straight up urgency. He has to build to it. Like, if there's any flaw right. in his game, is that, like, the fact that he's not a power puncher means that he has to, you know, he needs rounds and rounds of work to put people away. 
Uh, what a great fight. Yeah. Um, That's it. He got knocked out by a kick to the to the gut. Oh, what is that? That's it. Oh. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, the banner knocked him out. Straight up. Back to kick the, to the gut. Back to the, uh, back to the cell. Back to the cell block, bro. But, uh, Volkanovski, man, yeah, that that was, that was a performance. That was a performance. Um, mm. Rematch, you think? I wouldn't be against it. Um, there's not a lot of clarity as to who's the number one contender um, after um, Volkan Holloway. You know, Korean Zombie has a fight coming up against Frankie. Um, Jerry Rodriguez coming off a big win. Zabit Megaman um, Sharapov coming off a big win. Um, I'm forgetting someone. Excuse me. Um... They got Yair somewhere in the wing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Shane Burgos hovering around out there. Um, it, it, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, so I, I don't I, I don't know who's next. And since there's no career next, I wouldn't be mad at Max getting a rematch. But at the same time, like I just wanted to take some time off because he had a busy ass year. Yeah, he he's been in some fights, <laughs> like some. Uh, on top of he's, just having some like serious health issues, like it, it's yeah. it's just like take six months off, bro. Just go relax. Um, I mean, I, I I'd be interested in seeing Volk fight somebody who isn't. Like um, like an Jose Aldo type or a Max Holloway type, like someone who like because this is a complete 180 from the style we've seen him fight before, where he was literally just charging dudes. You know what I mean? Right. I went and rewatched that Darren Elkins fight. He was bullying that man. <laughs> Bullied that man. Took his lunch money. Ran his pockets. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I, there's enough going on at 45, even though it's not all the way sorted out. There, there could be some interesting fights with Volkanovski while Holloway's away for a little bit. Um, and even if Holloway takes a break whenever he comes back. 145, it's killers everywhere. He'll have a fun fight to come back to regardless. Right. Um, but I'm not mad at either. If y'all want to do a rematch, I ain't mad. If we want to move on and maybe do the rematch later, I'll, I'll take either one. I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch this fight after I'm done with class stuff because it's still got right paper. Yeah, so I, after I do that, I'm rewatching this with like a like a fine tooth comb, because that that was a great great performance. No, yeah, it it was that that was a picture perfect from Volkanovski, pretty much. That's up there with like RDA versus Pettis. Um, you know, uh, who else was? Uh, one of those like classic five rounds. You, the champion just had no idea what to do with you. Right. So nice, nice one-two punch <laughs> for your main and co-main. Um, moving on to the third title fight. Amanda Nunes defending her bantamweight title against uh, Jermaine Durandamy. Um, hey man, listen, I've said this many times. 
continue to scream it from the mountaintops. It just it it pays to be well rounded. <laughs> it's just you don't even have to be well rounded. Just be competent. Like that too. <laughs> if Jermaine Durand to me was even a competent scrambler, not even a competent like like grappler or takedown defense person, like she would have won this fight. Yeah, that that moment I do not remember what round it was. I was. Yeah, I think it was at the the one the round where she uh, ended up getting the mounted triangle, and I was like, "All right, she the triangle's not gonna work, but you can get out from this. Like, this is the time to reset." And somehow she still ended up right back on her butt. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" And the thing is, like, I I wasn't really rooting for anybody in this fight. I just wanted to see a good fight. Like, I, I wasn't I wasn't really swayed either way. But, like, I get angry and upset when I watch somebody who I feel like is, like, better than what they're showing me. Or at least I feel like they could be doing better than what they're showing me. And I'm just watching her and I'm like, Jermaine, you're going to go back and watch this footage and you're going to kick yourself in the face. You're going to be so angry that, like, you just, you left some opportunities on the table that you just had to take advantage of when you couldn't. Um, yeah, this fight was like bizarre, kind of. Um, this is why, I, like, the Ronda, yeah, no, god, I'll say the Ronda did like decent on the feet. And I think anybody who knew the Ronda's pedigree, like, you knew that her striking had to be, uh, had to be respected. I mean, there, there's a reason that Nunez was going for the takedown, you know, you don't. Want to get in a firefight in Deuteronomy if you don't have to. But then also Nunez probably knew. If I get her to the ground, she's not really going to offer Anything. a ton of resistance. Which, outside of, what, a triangle attempt, I think? Yeah. Was a triangle or armbar she threw up? Triangle. Um, yeah. Like, outside of that, there wasn't... It was like when she got taken down, she was just a sitting duck. Like, she was literally just sitting there. Like, just kind of waiting for something to happen. Like, waiting for the ref to stand them back up. Not working at all to improve her situation. She was just kind of... And, and the takedowns for Nunez were just automatic. Like, I'm going to get my hands around you, and I'm either going to trip you. I'm going to just drop you with this double leg. And what you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> like, what you going to exactly. do? Exactly. That was five. And that was it. Five rounds of that. What you going to do? And I mean, Ronnie had what? She had the up kick moment. That was that was cool, I guess. <laughs> it was a good up kick. Um, she landed some good strikes on the feet, and I was hoping when uh, there was a moment where they did clinch in the fence, because you know, Ronnie, she she can be nasty in the clinch if she gets knees going. Um, but like those moments were just kind of short lived, and anytime Ronnie thought she had something going take down take down i'm on top of you you can't do nothing you can't do nothing five rounds of that yeah um god this is this was kind of frustrating for me because like man this could have won this fight in the second round um like you know she got beat up in that round a little bit uh that question mark that really hurt her over the shoulder, um, all of the cage, uh, which is really like is is really funny because you could see like that she thinks that it's not like she looks away, 
or down or something, and you can tell that she's like, okay, the kick's not going to land, and then it hits her in the side head. <laughs> but, um, like, on the ground, she could have got to mount anytime she wanted. Like, Amanda Nunes is a very competent, like, position grappler, and could have, like, she didn't get the side control until the fifth round. Like, she was just content standing in the guard, throwing elbows, and, like, trying, like, almost gassing herself out in the first round and, you know, throwing those little body shots, like, hoping the ref wouldn't stand it up uh, from, like, the second and third round on. Like, it's like, he could have won the fight. You could get the stoppage winning, you know. Like, and, like, I'm not criticizing her for not getting the stoppage. I'm, like, it just feels like there was, like, a whole area of the game to exploit and she only committed to like halfway you know what i mean like she got the fight to the ground but like why did it continue from there um yeah you you could have beat her up a lot more. yeah um this is like this this came down to physicality and like just physical strength and like jermaine deronomy uh you know, to her, like, is just not that type of athlete. Uh, and, you know, she's not a very good grappler. So the recipe for her loss was there the entire time. Yeah. Not a whole lot to really break down that fight. Um, you can talk about how someone who is a little bit better of a grappler and can throw for power might give um, Nunes trouble if they get out the first round but you know, we'll get to that I guess yeah. but Amanda Nunes five round uh, just she, she did what she had to do yeah. <laughs> unanimous decision got Deronimi out of here uh, so props to Amanda Nunes still dual wielding belts this next fight, this took a lot out of me. This, <laughs> this, my emotions were all over the place watching this fight. I, I didn't know how to feel, what to feel, who I was supposed to be rooting for. I didn't know who won. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I was just watching this fight and just trying to like survive because I just I didn't know I didn't know how I was supposed to feel. Uh, Marlon Marais versus Jose, uh, Jose Aldo. Um, these are like two of my favorite fighters. Already didn't want to see this fight. I'm like, oh boy, Aldo's cutting weight. He's going to mess around and get knocked out early. And then I'm going to cry. It's not going to be a good time. And I was so conflicted this entire fight. Because after Aldo survived that head kick in the beginning... Um, after he kind of got his wits back, back about him, I was like, all right, he, he actually don't look that bad. He looks a lot better than what I thought he would. I was like, hey, go Aldo. I was like, man, if Rice won, this would be a nice name to have on his record. (laughs) And I was just kind of going back and forth. Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Who am I rooting for in this? I, I don't know. But, um, I will say, if anything, I was ecstatic that like Aldo didn't go out there and die 
because that was I, that was what I was fearing would be like worst case scenario is he would have like a Dillashaw situation where he cut too much weight and it didn't go well and he couldn't take a shot and he was just getting mollywhopped. <laughs> I'd have to cut the whole pay-per-view off and just wouldn't even care. Um, but no, that didn't happen. He, I like the pressure. Um, I, I will say I'll throw this out there. Um, I'm not with the whole robbery thing. I, I went and re-watched this fight without my emotions attached to it. Um, I did think it was a really close fight. I feel like that, I want to say, I feel like the first round could have went either way, but, because Marais started off, he had the head kick, so, boom, he already, he has a, a nice exclamation point to begin the round with, and then I felt like in the middle part of the round, like, Aldo had good pressure, um, and then towards the second half, he started catching Marais with some, uh, some hard shots, he caught him with like a straight right, uh, really hard a couple of times. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe Aldo has the round. But then Marais got that takedown at the end. And even though he didn't do anything with it, in a round that's close, just those little things to judges might matter. So, like, I don't know who got that round. That one was close. My, Marais might have got that one just because of takedown. Second round, I want to say, was all Aldo. Um, he was just in Marais's face um, pretty much that entire round. I wish we could have got more leg kicks, but... Only got like one or two. <laughs> I don't think he really threw a whole, um, a whole bunch of them. Just, I don't know. I, f I feel like at this point, Aldo just—he's just pressuring dudes. He's throwing hands. He's trying to use his little slick head movement to get out the way, and then he's just trying to throw back. Yeah, no. And like his game is yeah. degrading. It's it's really sad to see. It's it's the same. Like it's 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 been the same since I don't know. It, it's been I've noticed this for a couple of fights now. Like that's pretty much the whole game. It's just pressure throw, you counter you throw back, I'm gonna try to slip your punch, and then I'm just gonna try to counter back with like a three Right. And like that's the whole game plan. It's not a bad game plan for where Aldo is in his career. He needs to be able to control the pace so that he doesn't tire out. He needs to be able to see shots coming. So even if he has to eat them uh, to see them coming, you know that's the price he has to pay. But like at the same time, like it's not something you want to see when like one of the best defensive fighters of all time, one of the hardest dudes to hit clean, is all of a sudden becoming like, oh, I have to tank damage to win fights, okay. and doing it ten pounds later. Than he should have, he should be doing, um, arguably twenty. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's really it's depressing. To like, like, although fought well enough to you know get into a competitive fight and arguably won the fight, and that's because Aldo's one of the best fighters of all time. He's he's not like he's physically degrading and stuff, and you know, but he, he's still miles ahead of where like 90% of the dudes in MMA are it's just that imagine if that had been Petr Jan Ooh. imagine if that had been I, I don't know um, Jimmy Rivera or anybody who does not get scared off um, by pressure yeah my rice does not deal with uh he he's starting to get in like Pettis territory. No, he, he, he's straight, he, he's straight up like um. It, it start he's starting to look at what's his face um. 
He's not okay at some proposal. Where like he you get him retreating fast enough, you're eventually gonna catch him. Um, it's uh, like I, I get that like you know uh, people were happy that he had a competitive fight at Bamway and you know he didn't get knocked out in like the first ten seconds. Like we were all some of us, my well, mostly me, were expecting him to, but like dude got rocked three times in that first round and then got taken by non-grappler Marlon Moraes. Like, that's not good. Like, he can still go out there and have competitive fights. He can still go out there and beat your head and not all Mike Connells and stuff, but, like, is that what we want for him? Because yeah, apparently... Against the elite of the elite, like... Because Dana wants to put him in freaking a title fight with Henry Cejudo, and I don't want to see that. Do you want to see that? Yeah. Mm. That's one of the other dudes who yeah. I have seen. <laughs> Can you imagine? With the type of pace and with the type of volume that Henry Cejudo is able to throw with? And the speed. Mm. Yeah. And I love Aldo, man. I love Aldo. But. I'm happy he survived. But it's just like. Bro, why didn't you just go up the. Why can't you just go the Pettis route and just do fun fight? Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Oh, man. Him and Frankie can run it back now. Third time. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I wouldn't even care if y'all want to do it again. Whatever. It's fine. I'm, if I'm not going to get the Pettis fight, I guess I just got to accept this. But, um... No, I mean... It, and I don't want to take away... Because I thought it was it was a good fight. It was an entertaining fight. Oh, yeah. It was, it, was, it was entertaining. Yeah. Just two guys I hold in really high regard. And I saw things from both of them that worried me. Um... I'm not going to lie, though. I did forget that Aldo was only, like, 33. Because I feel like I've been watching him fight for a very long time. He's 33, but he's also been fighting for, like, 15 years. Yeah, like, God. Yeah, he's got some mileage. But, um... I didn't even talk about the third round. But it it was a close fight, man. I'm not going to scream bloody robbery. Uh, I don't like to throw out that word often. Um, This was a close fight. Um. Yeah, I don't, it is what it is. It was a close fight. It was a competitive fight. <laughs> if you're an Aldo fan, I guess at this point, it, at least for this fight, we we aside from the win, you got the best. I guess it could have happened. He didn't get flatlined. He had some moments. I don't know how much. I don't know how well this bodes for the future, but he didn't die. He ain't go out there and get flatlined. So more victory, whatever you want to call it. I'll I'll take it i guess um but i'm i'm worried about Marais because i feel like coming off of that cejudo fight i don't know if these are the improvements that i was hoping i'd see. right they, they were not they are not um yeah. Yeah. it's hard noting like that run he had prior to cejudo um he didn't really fight any pressure fighters did he like, there was Sterling, no. Dotson, Rivera, Asuncion, like, all dudes who are content to 
either be on the back foot or just, you know, have a straight up like boxer puncher style fight in the middle of the cage, which Bomberis loves. Yeah. Anybody who lets him operate in space, he's probably gonna kill you. <laughs> he's probably gonna kill you. But um Good fight though. Good 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 fight. Uh for a fight that I was dreading, even though I, I, I kind of sort of wanted all of the win, but I don't know. <laughs> but I'll take that. I'll take that. It was a good fight. Um, so Marlon Marais got the split decision over Jose Aldo. Um, I, I'll let you ha- I'll let you finish this off. This uh, the uh, the double barrel chin guy versus uh, Mr. Yan. <sighs> My God. Um... UFC really did favor Dirty. Hey. So I don't know who got in favor's ear and told him to come back for one more title shot. I don't. I was gonna say, did they did they do him dirty or did he do this to himself? Go call me little combi. Like he could have made favor fight like anybody, but you made him fight Petter Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> who is a absurdly bad matchup for favor. <laughs> um, Jan being was super patient here. Um, you know, waited basically until like four minutes into the third, into the first round, after pressuring Faber for like the entirety of it to like commit to punches. Um, you know, badly banged up Faber a couple of times early on in the fight, and it just got worse as the fight went on. Well, that's nice. It's storming outside. I'm sitting right next to a glass window, so you could probably hear all the leaves and rocks and shit hit it. Um, so what did I just miss? Um, yeah, but they had no business being in there with Jan. Like I know he just beat Ricky Simone, but come on. Yeah, this, 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 there was no other way the fight was going to end. Jan, at some point, was going to put them things on Faber, and it was pretty much only a matter of time. Like the, the one thing Faber had going for him is that he's not like a guy like Jimmy Rivera who can get into like a pocket exchange. He's going to throw those like big looping right hands and lead left hooks um, from out the outside, and you know that might, that that probably saved him from you know immediately getting ragged. Like ragdolled and beat the crap out of, um, but every time he touched Faber, Faber looked like he was about to die. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like Faber, even at forty, is still kind of relying on like explosiveness to get him by. Which I'll give him credit for forty; he still moves fairly well. He he's still pretty explosive, but it's like against a Ricky Simone, yeah, you can get away with that. You can do your little power shot from the outside because Faber's never been like a combination guy. It's just I got these power shots from the outside. I can kind of load in, get in real quick, um, string it together, take down. Couldn't get it when he couldn't get the takedown. I was like, oh yeah, you are definitely about to get fried. Like, because if there's anything I've learned watching Petty Yon fights and posted this on Twitter, this man thrives in violence. Like there was a moment where like Faber caught him with like a shot that kind of backed him up a little bit. 
And everybody's like, oh! And I'm like, uh, y'all don't know what's about to happen. You, you just made this you man. spoke the bear. <laughs> yes, you made him mad. <laughs> he he lives for those moments. Like, he is so calm in, like, the most violent of situations that it is scary. Um, and I love, I love, I love when anybody can, can do damage from close quarters. He's catching Faber with some elbows. Um off the clinch he had that that favors eye or cheek or whatever that was um yikes yikes um, that damage he did to his face in such a short period of time like that's how you're supposed to look after you went like five hard rounds um and in three or less than three it like his eye was about to explode yeah or whatever <laughs> like that that's not a good sign. That is not a good sign. And like you said, like, Faber throws these hard shots, but Jan can catch you in combinations. He's catching you out the clinch. And that, that finishing head kick is wild because they were in such close quarters. But once again, and I wish more fighters would do this because I feel like a lot of people are vulnerable. That split second when you're, like, exiting the clinch is low-key, like, the best time to throw a strike. Because I swear, like, 90% of fighters are not protecting themselves. They're not ready for it. And he let that head kick go. And when you when you see the, the, the arms do the, 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 it's like a backward swim stroke. <laughs> like, when they get in that position, you're, you're done. You're out of here. Um, yeah, he kicked your eye favor into the cosmos somewhere. I'm looking up like information about like Petr Yan, like the the Dinka, which is where Petr Yan is from, and apparently it's a place that didn't exist on most maps until recently. Oh snap! Yeah, apparently you're not like nobody's allowed there, which is God knows what kind of training they're doing. Like, yeah, like, like they are probably breeding some warriors. <laughs> Yan might have just been the like, prototype. Dude is from straight up Siberia, like not Western Russia, like not like Saint Petersburg or Moscow or whatever. Like he is from northern, like right there on the um. Hold up, let me see. Let's say that. Let's see that officially. Let's see that is the uh. He's right there on the. Uh, I am not gonna be able to pronounce it. Oh, there we go. Yenisei River. Which leads north to, to the Kara Sea, which is just south of the Arctic Ocean. Like, dude is in the middle of nowhere. Where well, he probably had nothing to do but fight. Yep. I, I'm going <laughs> to assume, and I, I, I don't know this for sure, that it, it was not an easy upbringing. Nah, that was probably a lot of harsh, uh, <clears throat> probably not the funnest place to go up. Uh, like, mm. I, I don't think, like, most, for, for the most part, when we talk about Russian fighters, they come from, like, Moscow, or they train in St. Petersburg, or whatever. Yad is straight up from, like, if you've ever played, like, um, 
any of those like weird Russian independent games that end up on like Steam, like uh, Pathologic. He's like from one of those towns. <laughs> yeah. Like middle of nowhere. All they do is fight. Life is fucking hard for everybody, but no one complains. <laughs> I say life is hard, and they just take it out on everybody else. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's Faber ain't deserved that, but hey, you you trying to make comebacks? It's... I, like, I'm curious if this does something for like Jan's profile. Like, the UFC is obviously pretty high on Jan, like hot, and they should be. We are. Um, so, oh, 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 hopefully he has a few more fans. Hopefully that fight with Garbrandt happens. Because that's just fucking hilarity. Don't do that. Yes, yes. Do it. He don't That would be wild if that's the one fight where Garbrandt finally turns it up. Like he brings out the Dominic Cruz performance again. But no, it probably won't happen. Jan's a killer, man. That dude is a, a animal out here. Just favor, man. You know, it it is what it is. Sometimes you just get head kicked. It just it be like that. Um. Hopefully, you go back into retirement. Nothing against you, but uh, yeah. just might want to chill out, man. These young guns, they they, they ain't playing no games out here, buddy. <laughs> so, uh. Youngins are not playing out here, bro. bro, bro. Dude, like he, the game has changed. Uh, yeah, like this ain't uh, this ain't Scott Jorgensen. No disrespect, this ain't this ain't them no more, this man. Ain't Brad Pickett. Yeah, it's some, it's some killers out here, boy. It is some real deal killers out here. At Bama, I kind of feel bad that but, uh, I don't have more technical anything more technical to say, but that fight was just Petter Jan. Getting a feel for Faber, like, and then just deciding to fucking murder the dude, like the head, the head kick that uh, he used to finish Faber was literally an attempted knee, but Faber was able to get his head from underneath uh, Jan's hands, and Jan just turned it into a head kick at the last second. Boink. <laughs> just hella casual about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that rounded out the main card. Um. It was great. <laughs> the only thing that made it kind of a drag was that uh, all of the title fights pretty much went the distance, except for the Usman, but that was close to being over. It pretty much went all five, but it got stopped right at that last, uh, right at that, like, that last second. Yeah. Um, I, I, but... I, that fight gave me so, like, I had such bad vibes about that fight heading into it. Same. Because I was just like, I can't live in a world where Colby Covington is a fucking champion. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. MAGA champ, I ain't with it. Fucking, I was, I, 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 I was <laughs> half expecting him to win and then pop for EPO or something. I was I was literally going to tweet that out, but like, I don't want to put that out there. Even if it's true. We, <laughs> we got the ending we deserve. Uh... Listen, man, you ride the whole MAGA stick. Hey, it's not even that. It's like he turned so far into it. Yeah, like... If people like the, Jorge Masvidal, he's a MAGA guy. I was saying, like, there's a way to do the trash talk and still keep it, like... Like, some dudes get disrespectful, but, like, it's just... It's levels, and it's like, bro... It, 
it's never need be it's never needed to go that far. Um, but you got your jaw broke for it, so yeah. like justice was served, balance restored. Um, I said, "Fuck Ali." He tried to sneak in he, that picture. There was no sneak. <laughs> he just straight up blocked Usman's mom. <laughs> like, bro, get out of here. Nobody asked you to be in this picture. Oh, man. I want to know Kobe's 40 time. Boy, he ran out of that arena. Boy, that quickness. Boy, he had on some some premium Nikes. I ain't never seen nobody run that fast out of an arena. They like he was jogging and he was still running fast. Mm. I'm never gonna go over the yeah, fact that the they they get these old dudes to be security. <laughs> so my guess is asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to be honest, Kobe did probably didn't need security. He ran so fast, I don't think anybody noticed until he was halfway up the ramp already. Like, my man got it. Boy, I ain't. Mm. Mm mm mm. Ran like he was on special teams on the NFL, just. But <laughs> what a night, though! What a night, and that was just the main card. Uh, prelim spotlight. Uh, we we can pick like one or two fights each. It, it, it was a lot to talk about on the prelims. Um, I'll bounce down because uh, the fight that I was mo- well, really, there were two fights I was most looking forward to, but. Gotta show love to the flyweights. Excuse me. Um, Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France. Um, to me, this is like a main card quality fight that just happened to be on a prelim because this card was kind of just so stacked. Um, but now this this was an awesome fight to see, man. I was really, really was anticipating this fight, and it was everything that I was hoping it would be. Um, I thought Kai Car France, especially in that first round, boy, he his his striking was really sharp, man. Um, they're doing really good things at that gym. Uh, forgot what's that gym called again? What? Kaikar France. The the gym that Kaikar France. Oh, is, is he a city kickboxing dude? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what boy? They yeah, whatever they doing at that gym. It's working. Yeah, it's working because his striking looked really really good in that first round. Um, he 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 was definitely it looked really crisp. Technique just looked really on point, uh, really fast too, um, as expected from a flyweight. But just it, everything just looked so pinpoint. But Moreno was just a dog, man. Um, <laughs> the man is just—he's a dog, and he just never goes away. And I, I, I think Kai Car Francis could not keep up with just Moreno. Just one of those dudes that can just have a rabid pace for like three rounds and just. He can just go, and he just went. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing to watch. It was a good back and forth, but you just kind of felt the longer the fight went on, it's like, oh man, Moreno's really starting to. It was like one one of these guys can keep going, and the other one is kind of. Well, he was out of ideas. Once Moreno yeah, figured yeah. out how to get that um to, to shut down that counter right hand, he he really did not have a um. Yeah, no contingency plan. No, uh, no contingency. But it was an amazing fight from both men. I, that was a really awesome fight to see, and good to see. I feel like that that stint Moreno did in the LFA. Um, I feel like he's definitely gotten better. Like I feel like he's 
he's still like a, an animal. Like, dude is still just a wild man just out here. Just <laughs> He's really fun to watch. But I feel like he is a, a little more contained. Like, there's a little more... I don't know the word to use, but... He's wild, but it's a little smart. It's a little reined in. Still room for improvement, but I I I I feel like I see a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth, and I like I like it. So, uh, Moreno versus Kai Car France. Uh, Moreno got the win via unanimous decision. What was an amazing fight. Um. Mm, what are the prelim? I'll, I'll pick one more. Um, I will pick. Um, I'll go Irene Aldana and Caitlin Vieira. Um, yikes! Left hook. <laughs> the, the, the murder weapon. That when that happened, I was literally typing up. This is the best I've ever seen Caitlin Vieira striking look. That's <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even that necessarily great, but like she was throwing like really quick, clean combinations. Um, you know, she was she walking. Is pretty hard. Yeah, like she was showing a little bit of pop. She was, um, you know, putting uh, um, putting some nice pressure on. Um, yeah, no, uh, but Aldana. You. <laughs> Left left hook from hell out of nowhere. Just sat down on a punch. Finally, like we yeah. we've been knew she can do for throw for hour waiting. When she decided to unload, boy did she unload, and a, a soul a soul was departed. Um, it kind of sucked that these two had to fight each other because I feel like this division needs as many contenders as they can. So I don't want to see anybody knock anybody else off. But there's just so few lack of bodies that it's just... This is going to happen, yeah. Yeah, it just has to happen. It has to shake out this way, unfortunately. I, I feel bad um, for Vieira because this was just a bad matchup for her coming in. Uh, back off of the um, DSL tear. Like, she, like someone like Juliana Pena or... Um, I don't know. So someone more grapple heavy probably would have been uh, I don't want to say easier, but Aldana, for all her faults, she's very mobile. She hits hard as fuck, as we saw, um, and she and she's long, like which is something Vera probably hasn't had to deal with because she's been taller than most of her opponents. She is a big physical presence in this division, um, so. It, it would have been nice to see her get like a little, not not like not that those women are softballs, but like Aldana was the like if there was a short list of women she could have fought, Aldana was the one who was like, oh, she's dangerous. So um, yeah. that sucks for Vieira, but Aldana just might have punched herself a title shot with that win. Number two, the woman division, you, you win by knockout, which. How often does that really happen in women's MMA? Right, and it was like a flat line, like <laughs> like she. There was no question about that. She was out, out. Um, I ain't mad at it. I, I'm just, I'm just always happy to see just new blood at bantamweight, and I'm not saying I think they'll beat Nunes. I just, I just want to see new faces. It's a different look. Yeah. 
give me give me something to be halfway excited about. And th- I'll I'll definitely take this. I'll definitely yeah. take this. Um, but Vieira, Vieira will be back. She'll be back. Um, yeah. Uh, shout out to Aldana, man. That was hopefully they uh, uh, hopefully after she you know she takes the um the month or two off, she's able to get right back in there. Yeah. She looked decent up until. Sometimes you look good until you don't. Yeah, and like, and this is her coming off of major surgery, so and a long yeah. layoff. Um, all right, so my two, I guess I'll, I'll start with uh, Jeff Neal, Mike Perry. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I'm gonna start on Mike Perry's end. Like I, I'm finding it hard to say I feel bad for Mike Perry, but they ran this man into the ground, and he had no one on his team. Who cared either cared about him enough or was smart enough to be like we need to take our foot off the brake or our foot off the gas? Um, this man has had his athleticism and his granite chin beat out of him. Um, like Luke, Cowboy Oliveira, Donald Cerrone, Paul Felder, Max Griffin, Sensio Ponzinibbio, Jake Ellenberger. Alan Joban, Danny Roberts, and the ace, uh, Hyungyu Lim. Like, that is a... All those people can crack. All those people can, like, do damage, and he had to fight them all in a row. And I, I get the UFC probably didn't see much potential in Perry beyond being, like, an action fighter who they can throw out there every two or three months. Um, but... Like, I can't help but feel something for the dude because, like, somebody on this team should have been like, no, we're going to make you into a top 10 dude as opposed to a dude who just goes out there for, like, a quick $50,000 every other few months. And then a few years from now, it's probably going to be broke because that's how these things go. Um, or he ends up in bare knuckle. Or he ends up in bare knuckle. Where, and he still ends up broke. So the cycle, the circle is complete. But um, Jeff Neal, man, like... He he went out there and did what he had to do. He he was the first guy to stop Perry. Absolutely clean performance. Nice head kick to Rock Perry. Did it, uh, followed it up again with another one, and um, you know that flurry at the end to finish the fight. Just nasty, nasty stuff. Um, I believe he quit his job as a like a waiter or a server this week, um, or during this camp. So like he is fully committed to this Good. to this. Cause that man just needs to be fighting. Yeah, <laughs> one, two, three, five and zero oh in the UFC. Um, fucking dudes like Frank Camacho, Bilal Muhammad, Nico Price, and Mike Perry on his resume. Like, it's time get him a top ten fight. Um, they they mentioned his name on the broadcast. I'd love to see him fight Pons. Though I think Pons has a fight coming up. Does he have a fight coming up, or is he like still hurt? He had one. I- I thought he, I think he did have one he, coming up. He was supposed to fight in uh, Uruguay, and I think he got hurt. No, he was supposed to fight Lawler at this card, but he got hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has staph infection. Um, so if that's a fight that's still uh, uh, that's a fight that makes sense to me, though, I think Pons wants somebody a little higher up, like a RDA or something. Um, Love to see um, Neil fight like um, I mean Lawler, I guess Lawler's above him in the rankings. Like it's weird because Pettis and Diaz are taking up spots, and I don't think either one is like 
really top ten. Um, right. Hell, I'd I'd be down to see him fight Wonder Boy. Um, you know, really test his uh his his striking. Um. Yeah, I'm all for it. Keep you know. Just. He he's ascended from the violent weight portion of the welterweight division. Yeah, like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not, I was gonna say like if uh, like there's no doubt in my mind that Neil probably could knock out Usman if they got into a kickboxing match. But you know the the question then becomes is does Usman who get punch happy now that he knocked out Covington which he probably won't he probably will go back to wrestling when he fights somebody who's not a very good wrestler um and we don't know how good Neil's wrestling is because he's only fought dudes who are basically brawlers and then Bilal Muhammad who's more of a scrapper which there uh, there is a loose distinction between the two um uh yeah, that, so big win for Neil. Uh, Dana White said he would throw him some extra money, which is nice. So he could just start by paying him what he's worth now. But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no. So you know, great, great job by Neil. Uh, I'm expecting big things in 2020. Uh, he's my pick for like gonna be breakthrough fighter for next year. So keep an eye out for him. I was going to talk about. Ben Saunders and Matt Brown, but I don't want to be sad, so I'm just going to talk about Chase Hooper. Uh, who, <laughs> that fight was hilarious. Every bit of this fight is hilarious, because Chase Hooper looks like he's 16 years old. <laughs> he looks like Ben Askren, which we'll get back to in a second. But um, Daniel Tamor um, almost front chokes Hooper in the opening minute of the fight, then proceeds to drop him. As Hooper, like, st- like I don't know what the hell he was doing. Was he throwing a knee? Nah, no, nobody knows what. <laughs> uh, drops him. Hooper, know. in his rock state, decides to just throw himself at Tamor's body and gets a body clinch. Tamor is able to wizard and like, you know, get get them uh, get to solid ground. But as they stand up, Tamor, uh, as they stand up. Hooper is able to duck under the arm and get to Tamor's back where he leeches in for like a rear naked choke attempt. He's able to drag Tamor down. Um, Hooper then proceeds to like go for the... Like he gets it in deep, like to the point where Tamor's face turns purple, but Tamor is able to get to his back. Um, and then Hooper just goes to melt, goes gets through the top side triangle and proceeds to bang on Tamor's face until the referee stops the fight. And then he tells... Uh, Joe Rogan, the uh, the post fight that he's going to go celebrate by eating a bunch of M and M's and Skittles and candy and shit, which is just great. Hey man, that's nice wholesome content. I mean, and then on Twitter, uh, he was congratulated by Ben Askren, who said, "Good job, son." And Hooper replied with, "Well, it has to be like Tweet of the Night, which is a new segment on this fucking show." <laughs> He replies to Ben Askren saying, great job, son, by saying, thanks, Dad. By the way, where have you been? I said I didn't like wrestling, and then you never came home. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? After after all of the shenanigans we've seen with, like, Covington and stuff like that, it's nice to have some nice, wholesome tweets. That's just just good comedy. I like like this kid. I don't know how good he's actually going to be, but, like, 
He's funny. Yeah. Just that 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 twenty that 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 young innocence. That, it's, not, it's just that like he just goes for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, twenty, you think you're invincible and you're just having a good time. So it's, it, I, I'm hey, with man. it. Props to Ch- live it up. Exactly. Live, Props to Chase, up, man. youngest dude on the UFC roster, picked up of his first win in the company. Big, big. Uh, enjoy the weekend. There you go, man. Get get you earn those M and M's, man. Exactly. You get 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 the get the peanut the, the peanut M and M's. Have a blast, man. You earned it. Uh, just just <laughs> but, real quick, uh, I want to read the uh, the fight bonuses. Um, so fight night, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington, and performance of the night goes to Peter Yan and Irene Aldana. So, yeah. extra fifty thousand dollars for yeah. everybody there. I'll spend it all in one place. <laughs> no, they well well earned though. Well earned. I'm not I'm not gonna argue those. Um and just to read the results of all the prelims, uh just to recover everything. Uh like we said, Jeff Neal, uh TKO over Mike Perry, Irene Aldana, KO over Caitlin Vieira, uh Omari Akhmedov got a unanimous decision over Ian Heinish, uh Matt Brown got a TKO over Ben Saunders, Chase Hooper, uh TKO over Daniel Tamor, and uh Brandon Moreno Unanimous decision over Kai Car France. Jessica I got a unanimous decision over Vivian Arejo. And let's see this gentleman's name. Punahele Soriano. Uh, KO over Oscar P. Hota. Yeah. Um That was nasty. Yeah. Great card, man. Like really, really good card, man. I had a it it, it dragged on a little bit because of all the decisions on the main card. I was a little tired <laughs> staying up to like one something watching this, but no, nah, this was a great pay per view to end the year on. Um, really, man, from top to bottom, man, it was a it was a good time pretty much every fight. Um, and you got a little bit of everything, man. You got some really great, awesome title fights. Uh, prelim, we had some prospects. You got dudes like Jeff Neal who hopefully can break out to the next level. Um, Flyweights are still putting on awesome fights. Chase Hooper bringing the, the young energy <laughs> to, to, to the card. Um, Got a whole bunch of contenders. Yeah, like, it, it, there were good things on this card, man, all around, man. I, I really thoroughly enjoy this. And it's especially good when, like, your title fights actually turn out to be, like, really great fights. Like, Usman and Kobe, a lot of us were dreading that fight. And it, it turned out to be a probably one of the best title fights we've seen this year. Volkanovski had an amazing performance against Max Holloway. The Nunes fight, eh. <laughs> wasn't terrible. It, it happens. It, it, it happens. I think it, it just yeah. shows vulnerability and um. Yeah, it just shows vulnerability for Nunes, which is something we haven't seen from her since like. The first Valentina should go fight. So you know, that that's something. Yeah. It is what it is. But no nah, man, just a really great car, man. If if you miss this, yeah, you, you got some homework to do. You gotta go. You gotta watch pretty much all of this. Uh, this this was a really 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 good car, man. And just ending with Colby getting his jaw broke and running, <laughs> just <laughs> running. <laughs> That, that I'm never gonna forget that. I'm never gonna forget watching that video. Just I need to find some music to put over that. Ooh, I thought of a song. 
I'll put this on Twitter later. I ain't gonna throw my ideas out there. But nah, man, UFC 245, amazing card, amazing pay per view to close the, the the year out with. Um, so just shout out to all the fighters, man, all the participants. That y'all y'all made that a really really fun card to watch, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, next week uh, we'll have UFC Fight Night. Uh, uh, yeah, UFC Busan and uh, South Korea headlined by Frankie Edgar and Korean Zombie. Also on the card, Volkan Uzdemir versus Alexander Rachik, Alexandre Pantoja versus Matt Schnell, uh, Duhu Choi versus Charles Jordan, Cyril Gane's back against uh, Tanner Boser, Daun Jung versus Mike Rodriguez. Um, I ain't gonna read every fight on the card, but it looks like uh, to be a good time. Uh, and I, I spoke to Joey. He always comes through on the, uh, you know, he's gotta he's gotta pick the. Obscure card. Uh, talked to him yesterday. He said he wants to get on this one. So <laughs> we'll get Joey to help us cover uh, UFC Busan. Um, Asia. What else is going on next week? Is that, uh, it's got to be something. Glory. Bader Hari Rico Verhoeven 2. Oh, yeah. Also, two Bellator cards. Oh, yeah. Bellator has a uh, fight for the troops. Uh, and then they have the uh, 236 card. Actually, let me bring this up because it's actually... Uh... That's the one with the Lumilene McFarland defending her title against... Uh... Uh, Kate, Kate Jackson. Yes. Uh, oh, no, yeah, yeah, this is an important card. You got Lumilene McFarland, Kate Jackson, uh, AJ McKee versus Derek Campos, Neiman Graces versus uh, Kichi Kunamoto, Juliana Vasquez versus Bruna Ellens. Uh, so some good, some good things... Uh, on, on that card, and most importantly, like the uh, Lehman Lay, of course, and then the featherweight uh, tournament continuing. So definitely, we'll be on the lookout for that one. Um, one championship has a card on the 14th. Uh, Legendary Warriors. Don't know who's on this card, but it's it's a thing. Uh, any boxing next week? Uh, I. Th- uh, yes, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Danny Jacobs, which is happening for some reason. Um, oh, and the rematch between Tony Harrison and uh, Jermel Charlo. Ooh, and uh, Dennis Lebedev versus the Biso uh, Chunu, which is a great cruiserweight fight. Um, uh, definitely worth watching if you're uh, if you're interested in the big boys over there at heavyweight. And um, not this Monday, but next Monday, the 23rd, we have um, Ryota Murata, the uh, the middleweight champ from Japan, fighting Stephen Butler. Um, and it sounds like Murata's in the running for a fight with um, with uh, Gennady Glovkin. There you go. So there will be a. Uh... Fisticuffs, excuse me, fisticuffs are plenty uh, coming up next week. So be on the lookout for, excuse me, all of those. Um, and yeah, probably get around to close. We've actually ran a little bit long today, but uh, it was a major card. It was a lot to talk about. Yeah, three title fights is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, a lot to talk It's like about. why the card ended at 2 o'clock in the morning last night. Tired. <laughs> Tired when this fight was over. 
Um, but nah, man, great card, great great night of fight. Shouts to Terrence Crawford also. Uh, it was a good time, man. It was a really good time. But um, so that's pretty much upcoming next week. So I guess we can go ahead and uh, get the closing on out. Um, fight recommendations. Um, I didn't really <laughs> have one. I kind of forgot to write one down. But uh, I'll at least uh, recommend staying in my kickboxing scene that I've been in. Um, I think I meant, we mentioned them last podcast, but Attention Natsukawa has a fight coming up uh, on the Rising, what is that, 20, I want to say. Um, the gentleman he's fighting, uh, his name is Rui Ibata. That's R-U-I-E-B-A-T-A. Um, just search him on YouTube uh, and just watch his fights, especially ones that happened in 2019. He's got some fun fights out here, and because this is written in Japanese, I can't tell you the name of the gentleman who he's fighting. But uh, just just type in Rui Ibata on YouTube and just watch his his any fight that you see that has a 2019 date. Just watch it. Uh, the one I'm watching is, what is this, KO Climax 2019 Summer Kick Fever. I guess the promotion is called King of Knockout. Um, nah, just just watch his fights, man. He has some really fun fights out here on YouTube. And just after doing just some homework and watching his, his fights, I'm really looking forward to this tension fight. This, this looks like it could be a really, it's going to be a fun time. So uh, not a specific right fight recommendation, but just, Watch him Rui Ibata fights. It's R-U-I-E-B-A-T-A. Uh, put that in on YouTube. Go have a blast. Um, you know what? Go go watch um, Korean Zombie versus uh, Dustin Poirier. Because hey. that, that's happening. Uh, not the rematch. Um, De- uh, Korean Zombie is fighting next week. So everybody should just go watch his fight, fightography. Whatever it's called. Because... Korean Zombie's great, and we don't deserve him. <laughs> um, oh yeah, he's he's he gonna get Frankie out of here. <laughs> Nothing. Think so? Yeah, I think he's getting Frankie out of here. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, but we'll talk about it when it happens. But I I foresee violent things in Frankie's future. But we never know, never know. Sports wild, never know what could happen. But I, I got the zombie doing some zombie things. But uh. We'll see. Uh, any quick closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I don't know. No, not really. Oh, shout out to Fox. Not Fox. ESPN. Because they're the reason we're not getting two pay-per-views in December anymore. <laughs> they don't like new, They don't like doing shit during New Year's, apparently. Like that week of New Year's. So they're like, yeah, no, we're not. You guys can't run a pay-per-view, so props to them for saving us all some mental space this month. There you go, ESPN. <laughs> also, shot shot uh, to UFC two forty six because Cowboy versus McGregor is not. That's a fight night paper. That's a fight night headliner. I'm sorry. Well, well, yeah, that, that'll be upcoming twenty twenty. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, yeah. Yeah, here's what it is. Uh, have any closing thoughts? Um, get well, Leon Spinks. Uh, get get well, sir. Um, shout out to uh, to Kamaru Usman. We appreciate you what you did. For the culture. We appreciate you. Uh, that's all I got. 
that's uh this episode of the dodo talk podcast so as always uh give us a listen soundcloud youtube spotify uh apple podcast iHeartRadio. send questions to dodo talk podcast at yahoo.com uh, hit us up on social media at the dodo talk podcast facebook page as well as the instagram page and you can hit me up on twitter or twitch at serial sensei and you can follow gc zeus on uh twitter oh sorry follow that's <laughs> our cool on twitter at gc zeus um that is all we got for today's episode so as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it and until next time we will catch you guys later <laughs>